I will not have you in the course of a single evening besmirching that name by behaving like a babbling, bumbling band of baboons. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And today we're going to be talking about Hogwarts professors. Hogwarts professors. There was a pause there because the prepared Ravenclaw forgot what we were talking about today. <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. Yay, teacher friends. Oh, because you're a teacher. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. I was a teacher. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Just, I'm so excited I couldn't finish the word excited. Oh, I thought that was like slang oh. that the kids are saying. Yeah, nowadays. it is. It's, oh, it is you slang. see, Marianne comes to us from the internet. Yes. Me and Elizabeth are just old. Yeah. <laughs> I have internet children. Oh my God. Who let that owl in here? That was some of the best sound effects you've done to date. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're I've really so welcome. practiced my Foley. So. You're what? Foley. That's what, like, what? The art of making sound. It's oh. called Foley. I thought she yes. was going to say, like, the beating of wings, and I was like, I would know this word. No. <laughs> Anyways, so the question that we're going to be answering today, do you want to read it? Yes. So our owl post today um, is one question that we chose, and it says, why do you think Dumbledore actually hired Lockhart? Because he's a (laughs) crackpot old fool. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Yes. So I actually did research on this, and we are going to answer it when we talk about Lockhart and the other Defense Against the Dark Arts professors. Are we going to put a pin in it we're gonna put a pin in it (laughs) okay so remember that because that's the theme song now (laughs) i didn't even mean to sing that that was just i love me some pins yeah marianne's pretty musical today so i have a feeling we're gonna get a lot of theme songs yeah Mm. i had my musical theater class today so that's that's, what it is maybe that's why it's infectious (laughs) i'm excited what if this turns into a musical episode where we sing the rest of our facts that'd be really fun but also at the same time i'm not sure how (laughs) people would feel about that i personally hate musicals so i would leave the podcast <laughs> coming from someone who performed in musicals and yes. was the president of our drama club well <laughs> what a great president right i will just say that under my presidency we made the most money at that point with one of our musicals and then everybody the year after surpassed me so whatever it's fine fine. (laughs) your year was also the your presidency year was the first year that we didn't do two musicals you're welcome because i was like hey you're like no i hate musicals we're doing a straight play (laughs) yeah all right back to harry potter (laughs) all right so uh going back that is our outpost question, and now we're going to move on to corrections. Uh, which oh. is usually my least favorite part of the episode, but today... Today... We have none. Hey. Wow. Wow. Where is it? Where is it? As always, if you find anything that we misspoke about, please Don't let us know. Us. <laughs> please tell us. Don't listen no. to Jenny. Negative. Don't listen to Jenny. Please let us know. So that way we can correct and give you accurate Potter information. Whatever. Yes. Accuracy is for losers. <laughs> Sing us your song, Marianne. All right. Hogwarts, 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 teach us something, please. That was beautiful. That was a, oh. the only way we could start the episode about our favorite professors. Which is all of them. All yes, of them. All we of are- them. Actually mentioning every single professor yeah. that Even taught. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Everything on this podcast I guess. is alleged. I don't like the correction step. <laughs> okay. <Excuse> me. <laughs> We're covering most 
If not, we'll at least have honorable mentions. Yes, yes. But yet. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly, right? We don't know what's going to happen. So I wanted to mention something before we like dive Uh, into our professors. This is my favorite note. This is such a funny thing that I don't know, like I just came across on Pottermore, but it says um, just a quote on what Hogwarts is as the location. It says significant events that took place here. One or two minor episodes from Harry Potter's life. And I was like, well, way to downplay it. It's almost as bad as giving Ron Weasley two skills. Literally. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm to that grudge real (laughs) Only one or two things happened over there at that Hogwarts place. I like that they call it episodes, though. (laughs) Yes. It sounds like he's like this delusional kid. It's like (laughs) roaming through the hallways like, Voldemort. Anyways. Um, so, so. <laughs> be- and before we get into the actual subjects of, um, and what the professors actually teach and all of that, just so you know, for anyone who might be one of our like little Potter dummies, still trying to get to know the basis <laughs> of Hogwarts, um, you've got your core subjects, which are like for us, English, math, science, that kind of stuff would be charms, potions, defense, defense against the dark arts. Those are like core classes, right? And then we got our elective classes, Specifically, those are my favorites, like Ancient Runes, Alchemy, Arithmancy, which, by the way, is Hermione's favorite subject. Arithmancy? Yes, it what is. What is it? I, what? Does anyone know what that is? So I have no idea. It's apparently similar to divination, where you're telling the future, but with numbers. Oh. Isn't that nuts? I know. That's disgusting. Yes, so it's like... You like that's Hermione's favorite. Yes, because it uh, has because something to do with the word. logical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very. Um, you need like the knowledge of that language of arithmancy, and then it's kind of like devising it. Is that the correct word? Or no? Kind of just figuring it out. Is it's the whole. Ma- basis it's magical of it. math. Yeah, basically, it's magical math. I don't like it. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. If you can't tell, I don't like math. Clearly. I was just never good at it, so. Um, and then, obviously, we have the other extracurriculars that are not classes, but they're still very important, like Dueling Club, Quidditch, uh, Charms Club, Slug Club, which all are going to be mentioned with the professors that we're going to talk about. I have a question. Did the Dueling Club just exist at one time in his that second year? That one year? year? <laughs> no, I think it lasted, like, I think it was, like, a legitimate thing, but that was the only time it was really relevant. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That would be a question for Joe. That's true. I'll call her. <laughs> so I like to mention something a little off topic, but not really. So I was on Pottermore a lot for this um, episode. Hashtag facts. Hashtag facts. For the facts. And can I just say, I've noticed Pottermore and their writers are a little sassy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They're 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 a little sassy. They're a little sarcastic. <laughs> sarcastic and sassy. <laughs> You sound like uh, Peter Griffith, I think is his name, from... Oh, my God, thank you. A little bit. From Family Guy. Family Guy. Hashtag multi-fandom. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, now I have the theme song stuck in my head. What? The Family Guy. How does it go? Like to be a family guy. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I forgot about that theme song. How? It's iconic. Uh, I don't didn't really watch Family Guy a lot. SpongeBob theme song. Don't get me started. So (laughs) you should sing the SpongeBob theme song in the SpongeBob SquarePants podcast. (laughs) Lives in a (laughs) bottle under the sea. It's so good. Anyways, okay. (laughs) 
So we have some honorable mentions, which is teachers that, or professors that we're really not going to be discussing in depth, but that were mentioned throughout the book because mm-hmm. we're really trying to mention every single Harry Potter teacher that we know of. Allegedly. Allegedly. So <laughs> allegedly, there's a lady named Madam Hooch. <laughs> she teaches flying, but only to first years. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a shame because I feel like Hermione could have gone for some extra lessons. She could have <laughs> also done like some really cool stuff, I feel like adding to the plot or something. Yeah, if, I agree. the opportunity was taken it's fine joe it's fine so then there's also charity burbage who taught Uh, muggle studies and was killed by voldemort so sad (laughs) r.i.p r.i.p and uh then we have professor sinistra which teaches astronomy which we do get a little bit of like in the first year allegedly Uh, and then there's <laughs> Professor Vector, who teaches arithmancy, which is, according to Marianne, the most boring subject known to man. No, I mean, according to not me, to according me. to Marianne. No. And then there's Beth Shetta. Beth Shetta babbling. Okay, well, she teaches ancient roots. Yes, which <laughs> I'd just like to say something interesting about her last name. Uh-huh. So it, um, J.K. Rowling, obviously, it, the root of it is to babble, and she found it very similar to. Fix it like fitting in the world of ancient runes because it was just kind of babble in itself. Like ancient runes is just a bunch of like Randos. crazy, weird looking images, and you really just have to like tr- like decipher it. Is what I'm. I, I think that was the word that I was looking for earlier in the in the podcast. Deciphering. Yeah. Um, I think that was another one of Hermione's favorite subjects. If I'm not mistaken, I think yes, yeah, too, yeah, yeah, ancient yeah. runes, yeah, which super helps her. But yeah, yeah. Wait, didn't she get? Tales of Beetle and the Bard in, yeah, in mm-hmm. ru- in the yes. ancient runes, and she yes. translated and she it. Yes, it. Yep. yes. God, she's such a nerd. <laughs> she's you. <laughs> I don't think I do that. Um, I mean, it remains to be seen because ancient runes aren't a thing. So yeah, you know, it's opinion based. Okay. Okay. So again, like as we were saying, we're trying to cover every Hogwarts professor. During Harry's time. Not every Hogwarts professor Ooh, of all time. Good one. I like this. Yes. Good job, Being Elizabeth. very specific not, not, here. Not all time, because then we'd be here for days. Read yeah. the fine print. <laughs> Just during Harry's seven, well, technically six, but yeah. seven years. That is true. Seven books. Seven books, yeah. <laughs> At Hogwarts. Obviously, we're not going to mention some of the... Um, some of the professors, Why? like Snape. Why would we never? Well, because we're probably going to have their own episodes, Boom. like Snape, Dumbledore, Lupin, Umbridge, obviously. <laughs> so all of those, just so you know, we're not also not mentioning because they're going to have their whole episodes because we've got lots to say about that. Yes. Oh, so the, those yes. those four are the, probably the only ones that we're not going to cover in depth this episode, but stay tuned. They're coming at you. So we decided to divide everything by the subjects taught in school and all the professors taught who taught under those subjects. So mm-hmm. the first one, we wanted to get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> what is considered the most boring subject at Hogwarts, History at least in Harry and Ron. of magic. <laughs> History of magic is our wonderful, not so wonderful, Professor Bins. Professor Bins. <laughs> So he is our only ghost teacher yeah. in the hey, castle. Hey. And I've always wondered, why the hell is there a ghost teaching kids? So why I... Not? Why not? That's what I said, first off. I Thank think that's you. really cool, in a way. Boom, air five. Oh, or, I five-fived you. You five-fived, but that was beautiful. Anyways, so I was I had the same question, and I thought when you had... when. 
we had talked about it. I was like, oh, that's probably just a joke. And then when I was looking on Pottermore, I found out, no, that was really his unfinished business. Like, okay, but that to me is really sad. Wait, so you're telling me that he came back because he had unfinished business, which is why you come back as a ghost. And then his unfinished business was teaching. Yes. yes. So That's pa- amazing. So parent, yeah, that's what, okay, I agree. Okay, hold on, hold on, though. If you think about his death in detail, he literally fell asleep by the fire and died while sleeping because he burned himself. Yes. Okay. To death. He yes. was then, really committed. But then he literally, all the, they say the story is he just like woke up and didn't even realize he was dead and just kept going about his day. Well, yes. Like, it what is that? To anybody. So, I don't know. If, I don't know. I just find it crazy. I don't know. I don't know if it, you guys. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. Really quick, Marianne. I'm, I'm really sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. But she said, I just find that really crazy. We're literally talking about books. Where an 11 year old kid murders a professor, steals back the stone, and then does some crazy stuff for the next six years. But you draw a line (laughs) at a ghost. We've got like winged horse skeletons flying around. There's blasted screws, which we will get to today. Okay, you've got professors turning into cats, and she's like, nah, this guy couldn't have died. (laughs) Not that he couldn't have died. I just, I just, ah, whatever. Um, I'm here for him. So in case you guys didn't know, or maybe any of our listeners didn't know, um, apparently he was already a professor before teaching yeah. this subject. Um, Did he teach that subject? He taught that subject. He's so committed. So, so I, for and me. always as boring. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, um, he, I think it's noble that he still wanted to continue teaching. Um, I think that's wild. And as a teacher, if <laughs> you really wild. like what you do, like I like what I do. So I can kind of see where it's like yeah. if I was in the unfortunate circumstance where <laughs> you died, I died and I was like, oh, my God, oh but I cannot leave my drama program <laughs> yet. I would want to come back and help it for as little okay. longer as I could. So then I have a question. Yeah. Do you know if like when their business is finished, do they just pass on or do they stay a ghost forever? I don't know. I, I think it's like a, if you make the decision to stay, you're forever stuck. Oh, I think yeah, I think I so. Remember. Two, I don't know I about can. ghost like cannons. I can in tell the you world. that if I died, I would definitely not wake up and go rake poop. <laughs> I'm not that committed. I would just be dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Um, I, I will. I will say. Th- <laughs> I will say though, even though I think it's really noble and like nice of him to have that unfinished business for himself. I, th- as a teacher as well, because I know teaching really changes with the times and it changes with the needs of your students. Mm, so the times, the way that like teachers would teach or professors, I guess, cause they're called professors would teach back in the day, like back in like maybe let's say the seventies would be very different from how kids learn today. Mm-hmm. And even more different from how kids learned in the early 1900s, 1800s, even more so. So, just because of how the world changes and because of how the world changes, that affects, you know, how we raise our kids, the more knowledge we know, psychology. Where the are way. you so, going with this? <laughs> what I'm saying is that I could see where Harry and Ron think it's a boring subject because maybe his 
lessons are a little bit out of practice. Like maybe he just oh, needed, I see what you're saying. maybe he just needed to go to a professional development day or something, learn a, a new <laughs> technique. Can you imagine a ghost just gliding in with his like ethereal notepad? Yes, he's got an iPad, graphic, <laughs> a, a graphic diagram organizers. Ooh. He's got these techniques. Think pair share, you know. Think pair share. Yes, what that's is a this? that's a thing. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> he got his master's in education. Well, I'm just saying. I think it's super great of him to have just woken up and continued on. I think he was probably like the worst choice for a history teacher. Yeah. He was just so boring. Yeah. I think and he's history, just outdated. Like some people might find it boring already. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Mm. All right. Moving on to our next subject. And yes. It's a big one. It's a pretty yep. big one. It's the big one. It is the cursed subject of Hogwarts. Yep. Ooh. Defense against the dark arts. Da da. Does anybody else read a da da when they abbreviate it? Yeah, yeah. I always say da da. Okay, cool. <laughs> I never say da da. In my uh, head, it's always da da. I really don't want to talk about Quirrell. Yes. So <laughs> well, you need to. Before, so sorry. I don't want to talk about him because he was a Ravenclaw, and I feel like my house just constantly gets thrown like. Horrible choices. Well, you just I have will to live say, with the life. though, like, as people listen on, a lot of the Hogwarts professors are Ravenclaws. Yeah, it's very true. Okay. Or but, they were almost Ravenclaws. But we also have Quirrell. Yeah. And look, I can't. <laughs> I can't. All right. So, Anyways. yes, Quirrell is our first Dada professor that <laughs> oh, we are no. <laughs> introduced to. He is in Ravenclaw. Ugh. And... <laughs> A lot of these professors had like hobbies on Pottermore pages, and I yeah. loved reading them because some of them were a little sad. So <laughs> Quirrell's was one of the sad ones. I He's, don't think this is sad at all. I think okay. it's kind of pretty, but... Okay, but that's what makes it sad. Yeah. So <laughs> the first one is uh, traveling. That's so, fun. That's not sad. Yeah, that, that's fun. Yeah. You know, I it's obvious. Traveling. His second one was pressing wildflowers i think that's so pretty so my yeah mom, but considering like where his life went it's sad what to die mm. to be consumed by voldemort and die at the hands of oh, a 11 I mean, year old well, kid I mean, what do you yeah. gonna do like you know you made your life choices <laughs> but anyways my mom once bought me a bookmark with pressed wildflowers and it was like one of my Aww. prized possessions i lost it i'm sorry mom if you're listening to this um and i can't find it anywhere but I was just like, oh, me and Quirrell like the same things. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Joe had some writing about Quirrell. And I just thought um, this was, uh, again, a little sad. <laughs> I just I like in a way I feel bad for Quirrell. What? Yeah. I do, too. What? I, so I was when I was doing like my research, I noticed he made these apparently i don't think he did like i think he like ended up accepting him but he first had the job this job in hogwarts before voldemort like possessed him and then i think he'd like it's not like voldemort just like like jumped on him and attacked this dude he was like yo i'm here to serve you possess me yeah i have no sympathy okay hold yes but there were times that he tried to like not do Voldemort's bidding. Like Voldemort kind of overtook his body for mo. This is Pottermore. Hashtag fact checked. I don't care. But <laughs> Voldemort would literally con- Voldemort would literally control him, and there were times that he would try yeah. not to do it. But ask or whatever yourself, it why, was. Marianne? 
because he said, hey, Voldemort, jump on my body. Swerve. Okay. So uh, he, he made a mistake. Do I feel completely bad for the guy? No. Still not my fave, but uh, just saying. Let Liz speak. <laughs> if you look up um, Joe's writing on Quirrell, I actually highly suggest it because it gives you a lot of his backstory. And um, so apparently Quirrell, his entire life, was always timid and shy and he always was like a very nervous little boy but it led him to like have like great feelings of inadequacy and even though he was really smart like he actually became very proficient and in, in the theories of the dark arts and that's why he was hired as a professor because again in theory he was really good at it um but however a lot like a lot of people who feel insignificant he wanted he didn't want, he had a desire to make the world notice him. So he took it upon himself. He's so like the Ravenclaw, he thought he was the smartest guy in the room. And so he took it upon himself to be like, Oh, I know all about Voldemort. I know all about the dark guards. I'm going to go find him. So he actually went out to go look for Voldemort. And he thought that maybe he knew enough about the dark guards to overpower Voldemort, even in his weakened state. And (laughs) He couldn't. I didn't think that that was the story. Yeah. Yeah. I may have misspoken earlier. That's what that's what we're mean. Elizabeth were trying to say. I thought that he like went and like like found him, but to serve him. Not really. He was kind. He thought that he could. Is this hashtag facts? Yes. I shall accept it. Then. Yes, it is Joe's right. Not that he could overpower him, but he thought that in a way he did seek him. Because he thought, oh, once I find Voldemort, I can learn even more from him. And then, like, I'll probably know even more than him by then. And then I'm I'm through with him. Okay. So it just, it kind of, like, was, like, a, like, purely theoretical. Like, I'm going to find this dude and learn stuff. Yes. Mm. But then Voldemort was like, ha, <laughs> psych. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. He was apparently considered a temporary horcrux. Mm-hmm. Because he was just, oh, like, latched onto him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. I still don't like him. So <laughs> technically, eight. Horcruxes. Yeah, right? Bum, 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 we bum, count the bum. temporary. I also want to mention, because Pottermore says that he adopted it once, obviously, Voldemort, like, took over and was, like, on his head and stuff. But... <laughs> on his head. <laughs> so I was, like, I asked myself the question, was the turban always a thing for him? And apparently, I guess it wasn't. And Mm-mm. if it wasn't, how... Did no one like say anything? Because, because he's just weird. Like, oh, like they ca- he came back from his travels and he's like weird now. And Isn't that like cultural afraid. appropriation? Yeah, like- <laughs> but clearly they weren't worried about that at the time. It's it's the nineties. Most people in the nineties weren't 90s. worried about that. They were um, like, whatever, dude. <laughs> I'm concerned. I was like, I mean, when I was watching the movie. I noticed the turban. I was like, oh, whatever. That's him. That's that's Remember Professor that, Coral. Like, isn't it Fred and George? They're like, yeah, he hides garlic in there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was, like a, it was like a rumor. And- yeah. Um, But now as an adult, I'm just like, why Which, the turban? Also, I think that we should really highlight that while Fred and George were at school and Coral was at school, while Voldemort was on the back of his head, Fred and George were throwing snowballs at his head. Yes. They were technically uh, throwing snowballs at Voldemort. And I just think that that needs to be highlighted. Yes. A thousand percent. Yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on from Coral. R.I.P. We are on to <laughs> our uh, second Ravenclaw. Uh, Dada. 
Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh man. So Jenny, he's also Ravenclaw. I hate this guy. You see the pattern here? That I hate this guy? Yes. (laughs) And a fun fact that I didn't know, he's also Muggleborn. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of uh, three kids, and he was the only one with magical abilities. Uh, So uh, Pottermore says his hobby is relentless (laughs) self-promotion. He's wow. also a horrible human being. Yes. It's fine. Trash. Trash. So reading his backstory. Oh, my God. God it's great. It is, like in a cringy way. Yes. He yeah. was literally full of himself from the very beginning. Yeah. I can't stand that. That's awful. He's like the worst. My favorite was Joe in Joe's writing. She's like, yeah, he, him and his mom. So I can imagine he learned all this from his mom. mom. Thought yeah. that he was going to have this grand entrance into Hogwarts and people were going to bow down to him. What? Like, who are you? But sit down. I guess he didn't realize that, like, everyone else starts at, like, the same level. Like, he's not special for getting that letter. And, I oh. mean, it's an understandable mistake. No, if it's you, not. If you think you're, like, if you are the only one with magical abilities uh, in your family. Yeah, but don't they, like, tell you in the letter, like, hey, dude, there's a whole world of wizards out there? No. No. They should really fix some stuff at this school. Yeah, I feel like there should be someone there to explain to all the Muggleborns, like, hey, Wizarding World 101. Are you sure that that doesn't happen? Not for all of them. Yeah. Allegedly. I'm pretty sure it's only for special cases. Yes. Okay. Yes. So he, he arrived at Hogwarts, and obviously, no one cared. Yeah, of course. And uh, uh, but I'm, he won Witches Weekly's best smile. Oh my uh. god! So I'm gonna actually read uh, <laughs> this quote from Joe. So he, again, during his seven years at Hogwarts, always wanted to be noticed, always wanted to be known, and he was actually like a pretty smart guy. Like he's in Ravenclaw for a reason. Hey. But it's just—it's the way he used. He wasn't it. the best, and he was always getting upset that he wasn't the best and all, wasn't always the center of attention. So. This kind of reminded me a little bit of like the the Weasley twins. He's a little bit of a prankster, but the pra- the pranks were all wow. uh, uh, very self fulfilling for him. Mm-hmm. So this quote from Joe: Never very popular, he nevertheless achieved his primary goal of school wide recognition through repeated attention getting exploits. <laughs> he received a week's worth of a- of detentions for magically carving his signature in 20-foot-long letters into the Quidditch pitch. He managed to create a massive illuminated projection of his own face, which he would send skywards in imitation of the dark mark. That's actually hilarious. That's actually great. (laughs) No, no, this is my favorite one by far. He sent himself 800 (laughs) Valentine's cards one year, which caused such a pileup of owls in the Great Hall that breakfast had to be abandoned because there were far too many feathers and droppings in the porridge. Ew. That's gross. Bird droppings are nasty. What is that? I can only imagine going to school with Lockhart and like being of the feminine variety and he's like hitting you <laughs> hardcore. But he's like a, a humongous flirt and like flirting with all the girls and yeah. it's just like, oh my God, this dude is so freaking annoying. There's a word for him, but I can't say it on this podcast. <laughs> But use your imagination. What I was going <laughs> to ask you is, what do you, like, who do you think gave him those detentions? 
like do you think it was like dumbledore like when he was around like oh i don't know i don't really know like I know, like I don't know the time. I forgot I his. Wonder who it was. I forgot his age, so I'm not sure like what years I would, exactly he I was would there. I would hope it was McGonagall. Oh my god, if me she too. was there, yes, yes, I would love it. But I have a feeling that she probably wasn't there yet. No, I think technically she was if she was quote unquote in the Fantastic Beast timeline. Let's okay, not um, even okay. broach that because that is <laughs> okay. a whole quote, unquote. season of this podcast. Okay. Well, I mean, we could. We're gonna have to talk about it when we talk about McGonagall later, I know. but. We'll get to it. Anyways, so you know the pin that we had earlier. Oh, we're about to unpin it. Yes. (laughs) Unpinned from our outpost. So, again, we were asked why Dumbledore hired Lockhart. Why did he? So he (laughs) quite literally hired him in the hopes of revealing that he is a fraud. This school is so dysfunctional. Literally. We need to fix it. (laughs) Dumbledore knew two of the wizards. That yes. Lockhart modified their memory for. So he had a theory, and obviously it was correct, that Lockhart was total fraud. Trash. And trash. And so he basically was like, if he's being forced here to teach kids, it's uh, it's going to be obvious that he doesn't know what he's doing. And McGonagall is like, why in the world did you hire him? Because obviously <laughs> McGonagall so mad about it. is a level-headed one. And Dumbledore, no Dumbledore, his quote is, there is plenty to be learned, even from a bad teacher, what not to do, how not to be. I, okay, I would just like to say, love Dumbledore, but that is straight up BS. <laughs> I'm calling the BS. Why are you saying it like that? Because BS! <laughs> but anyways, I'm just so upset. Imagine you're a sixth or even a seventh year, and Lockhart is your data professor, and you want data, or data, I don't even know what it is anymore, because I'm so heated right now, but imagine you want to be go and become an R, and he is your freaking professor, and these freaking mutes (laughs) and owls and whatever the freaks they're called are coming up, and he is your professor, and you're not prepared when you graduate and are thrown into the real world, like, yeah, what? Again, it's just... Dumbledore had this way of just like testing uh, being things an out. Idiot. Oh I my goodness. Filed, honestly, I probably would have filed a lawsuit in my time at this school. <laughs> so many of the things are just unacceptable. I'm so yeah. I'm very angry. This is one of them. Like, <laughs> a little bit. Oh, you know what? For this whole year, these children aren't going to learn how to defend themselves. <laughs> P.S. Voldemort's coming back soon. You know, <laughs> this, this is relatable, but a slight tangent if you remember in the second book where Lucius Malfoy is like, by Dumbledore, the the parents on the Hogwarts school board, whatever, don't want you to be around anymore. I have never, I've always been like, wow, that sucks. No, Dumbledore is awesome. But having this conversation, now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, hey, maybe Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe he had something going on. Like, maybe he was kind of right. There was something a little sketchy oh God, going on at Hogwarts. Oh, my God. Not um, to say that I support Lucius Malfoy in any capacity, but a little, some, some of these things are a little shady. A little bit. You should not be playing it. with the children's education. Yes. The children. anyway. Not the children. All right, so... Uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts Professors, year three through six. We already said we're covering them. It's uh, Lupin, Moody, 
Umbridge and Snape. We will all be covering in separate episodes of their own mm-hmm. or in conjunction with other characters. So then we go to... You're talking about Lupin and Sirius Black, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. The Marauders. Ooh, I would just actually, before we move on, okay. I had a quote. Ooh. Because just to prove more why Lockhart is straight up trash. He is. Straight up trash. Um, this is a quote from the books, and it says, Oh, hello there, Lockhart called, beaming around at the assembled students, just been showing Professor Sprout the right way to doctor a whomping willow. But I don't want you running away with the idea that I'm better at herbology than she is. I just happen to have met several of these exotic plants on my travels. Shut like, up, dude. Stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> also bothers me for other reasons, which Ooh, I'm putting another pin. pin We're putting a pin. I Another love pins. I love pins. <laughs> Anyways, cool. now we can move on. Okay, so we're jumping all the way to year seven. Ugh. <laughs> oh, Our <okay>. favorite <laughs> Death Eater twins. The Death Eater twins, the Caros. So <laughs> technically, there's Amicus, who's actually the one who taught dark arts. It wasn't yeah. defense against the dark arts. It was yep. just dark arts. Just dark, dark arts. So Thanks. it's just da. Thanks, Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> da. Da. Uh, his skill is the Cruciatus Curse. Yeah. Wow. And his hobby is punishing students. What yep. a loser. The worst. His sister, even though she was not a dada or now da teacher, <laughs> is Electo. And she taught muggle studies. Mm-hmm. And charity Burbage. <laughs> yeah. And her skill is spreading anti-muggle propaganda. And same hobby as a brother, punishing students. What a weirdo. Yeah. So I would just like to say, Electo teaching muggle studies was basically, for me, and I think anyone can agree with this, was just an excuse to torture the students. And, like, that worries me. And it just, like... Oh, really? Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why would that worry you? It just makes... For me, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little real in this way. But for me, there's a difference between um, and it, this is like a real world uh, application where there's a difference between morality and cruelty. And you can tell when someone's more quote unquote morals, at least, are truly evil if they take these like cruel measures to meet their ends. And the reason what I mean this by is. Um, not to say that it's like better to just like ban a student if they were a half blood or that they were muggle born or anything like that from going to Hogwarts, but you can tell how evil these people were for, for letting these students still come to the school and then using them as like a tool to torture them and make a show out of them for the other students. Wait. Weren't they not allowed to go to school anymore? Weren't all Muggleborns being rounded up? And yeah. I, uh, I, someone could they were fact having, check they me. Were, they were, weren't they were having to register? But from what they I were having to register, but did that yeah. mean that they couldn't go to Hogwarts? I don't think I don't so know. because from what I read, that's literally what Muggle studies were. It was torturing. picking out picking out a student who had Muggle blood in them. Whether it was a half blood or muggleborn, which P.S. is like all of you, literally, and and just you know torturing them. Yeah. Well, this was a uh, dark time at Hogwarts. Clearly. Dark time. <laughs> all right. So before we wrap up Defense Against the Dark Arts, I know we said we were going to talk about Moody in a later episode as like part of like the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. However. However. 
it technically wasn't Moody teaching. Yes, no. it was technically Barty Crouch Jr. One of Which my- is super sad. Yes. Yeah. But it's still, he's one of my favorite Death Eaters, just saying, if you don't already know. And I honestly have to say, this could be a controversial topic. However, I think... He wasn't the worst that's professor. Why, yeah, why he I'm really wasn't. Super sad. Yes. He was actually a kind of a good professor. Yeah, um, you know, minus yeah. the unforgivable curses. curses. Yes, but I'm still like, literally, guys, you had like one of the worst Death Eaters come into your freaking school, and they taught better than half the teachers. That Isn't you that nuts? Yes, that's like, kind of sad. He actually but it goes prepared to show them. Show you that just because you're evil doesn't mean that you have other talents. <laughs> But maybe he just knew how to defend against the dark arts because he was the dark arts. Because he was the dark arts. <laughs> All right. Also, I, so. I would also like to ask you guys. Okay. Yeah. Between Electo Caro, Amicus Caro, Quirrell, and Crouch, who do you think was the worst? Quirrell. Quirrell? You think Quirrell was the worst? No. The worst teacher? Let's yeah, say like the, worst the worst professor. Yes. Or like the worst prof- well, the Caro's worst the professor. Worst professor. So, like them. <laughs> the Caro's, like... So then who was the worst person? The, the Kiros. Okay. So that definitely the Kiros. Cool. Yeah. I just cool. I just wanted to bring that up because those are like the four. I think those are the only four professors that were also Death Eaters. I think everyone else is like on the good guy side. Good guys. Good guys. Well, no. Well, no. Oh, my God. Did well, you guys hear that? Technically. <laughs> technically, the worst professor. Uh, why did you do this? You're not allowed. No, you're not allowed. No, allowed there. No. We no. can say her name, We're, and then that's it. She the, has an episode. It's coming. Yes. Leave her alone. And then technically, Sever Snape was kind of uh, a death eater for a hot second. The worst. But besides, for a hot second. For a hot second. For a hot, hot couple second. Of super long years. Listen, <laughs> for a hot second. So we're not gonna mention those two. But besides those two, the other okay. four. Okay. Yeah. The worst was Snape. Okay, so moving on. We're no. going to talk about potions, professors. So, Snape. <laughs> but again. But again, we're not again, talking about yeah. Snape. He has his own little thingamabob going. Uh, so, we're going to talk about Slughorn first. Yes. Yeah. I want to start off with his etymology. I hope I said that right. Which yeah, is you just did. basically, yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I know how to say etymology, okay? Thank you. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. But, anyways, for those of you who don't know what that means, that means it's just like the study of names and stuff. Um, names so, for and stuff. Horse Slughorn, the Latin origins from the word Horatius with an Italian influence in the form of Horatio, which thought to mean timekeeper. And I think that's like really interesting since, in a way, he did kind of keep time. But in the way of like collecting people, yeah. Um, this trait, like deep thought, bro. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, this trait about him, um, the whole like collecting people and like creating the slug cub, whatever, like always really intrigued me. Um, it was kind of like networking, but he also held these like students because they were all his students as like trophies. Yeah, but that's kind of what made gross. it gross for me. Yes, like it's gross. Well, but also think about him in like present day. Horace Slughorn would have been, like, the best headhunter you ever knew. Oh, for sure. Oh, he yeah. Knew, he knew everyone. Yeah. It's like it's like the people that are really controlling, like, the, it's a, what do you call them? The, with the puppets. The puppeteers? Thank you. <laughs> He's like that. <laughs> He's that worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, there's a, kind of like a line that it's okay if 
as a teacher, you want to take credit in your just, students' ugh, lives. I thought but it was so he, weird. He always like kind of took it like a they had a too name far. that was too far for me. Like the Slug Club. The like, Slug Club. So yeah. Also, it was super mean. Like Neville, like waiting tables at the Christmas party or whatever. No. <laughs> No. It was I very mean, that's, snooty. That's, that's a Slytherin like, in him. Show. Yeah. When we watch the sixth movie together, we'll discuss it further. <laughs> I actually saw that scene when it showed up on my TV screen. Gross. So she's seen the movie once and that twice. scene twice. Twice. No, twice. I've seen the movie twice. That's oh, okay. And that scene three times. That scene three times. And it's wow. not even, oh, you know what? I'm not going to get back into it. We're just going to watch a movie together. It's so good. Bye. All right. And then my last thing on his um, etymology is the, his last name, Slughorn. Um, it shows up in a series of poems as used to signal the start of a battle um, because it was the original way to say slogan, meaning war cry. And that's interesting because he's quite literally the last piece of the Voldemort puzzle um, when he, we understand that he was the one that introduced the Horcruxes, uh, which ca- kicks off the last like little adventure, the last battle. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys Question? genuinely think that Joanne Catherine Rowling? Oh my god. <laughs> full name here. Full name. I don't know her middle name. <laughs> sat down and researched names yes. until she found one that fit for all of these characters. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She's freaking god. nuts. Yes. She is nuts. Listen. She's in Ravenclaw. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. She's. I mean. Did she ever say what house she's in? I don't in? think so. Good for her. I, would, I think she said that she was sorted in Gryffindor, but I think she said she I, never really identified as Gryffindor. Because she's definitely a Ravenclaw. She's, okay. I feel like she's Only a Ravenclaw. Only a Ravenclaw would put this much detail into everything. Yeah. You're welcome. Like, this is, like, I, sometimes <laughs> I get I've been mad. told at work that I am detail-oriented. <laughs> Listen, you can have Joe because you have so many other laws. Oh, my God. Laws. But it makes me feel better, like, if we did have Joe, that exactly. we have all those other losers. Um, all right. So, yeah, he's a Slytherin. Um, he, Which, P.S., like, so Slytherin. He's yeah. very Slytherin. He's, like, he's not the I'm typical still Slytherin. Mad. I'm still mad that at the Battle of Hogwarts, he, like, kind of dipped for a second and was like, mm, I'm going to go, like, do my own thing over here. Like, what are you doing? There's a battle coming. He's definitely not like that typical Slytherin where it's like, and the bullying school. He definitely doesn't like radiate that. But then. <laughs> Is that his aura? It's not his aura. He's his like vibe, the other side of But Slytherin. he's the other side of Slytherin where it's like he's very entitled and. Um, I just think he'll. Has like, hierarchy. He just looks out for Slughorn. Like Slughorn has yeah. Slughorn's back. Yes. That's just how it'd be. Yeah. It's just always but, it. Um, um, it's that also portrait says it. What's his name? Phineas Nigellus. Oh, he he has like a whole monologue where he's describing yes. like he's like when it comes down to it, like a Slytherin is always gonna save their neck before they save someone else's. Yeah, that is Slughorn. That is Slughorn. Yes, hundred percent. You're sure. welcome. Hashtag facts. I yeah. think because I I just thought of it. But allegedly, I didn't read, I didn't hashtag the book. Hashtag al- allegedly. facts. Allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> Alleged facts. So I actually didn't know this, um, but. Slughorn is actually one of the 28 original pureblood families. Interesting. Obviously, I could see that. For sure. I mean, I, I could totally see it. And it makes more sense that he made that like weird snarky comment to Hermione that he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm like, it's OK that you're a muggle born. Yeah, it's yeah. OK that you're a muggle born. Or like when he told Harry when about told his Harry. mom, like, yeah. oh, I'm so surprised that your mom was so talented. That's why yes. I didn't like him from the beginning. He was like, oh, don't think I'm prejudiced. And I'm like, well, maybe you don't say prejudice things. <laughs> but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. not fine. Yes. 
Though there is this very interesting article on Pottermore that actually says um, that there's like a more like positive or like airy side of Slughorn. And that's the part where um, he gets drunk with Hagrid when Harry takes the Felix Felicis. Great scene, P.S. It's a great part of the book. Yes. It's a great part of the movie. (laughs) Anyways, so the way like the, the article phrased it was it's the first time that we see and probably the first time in a long time in Slughorn's life where he kind of really just like let all of his like guard and yeah. barriers and colors down. And he kind of like, look at him. He put together this like very emotional funeral yeah. for Aragog. And yeah. like, it was actually like kind of yeah. Aragog. <laughs> his spirit lingers on. on your body. We'll decay. Oh, so that's where it's from. Yes. yes. I've been trying to tell you this for like eight episodes. Yes. This is specific. Like the this reference is, has come full circle. Wow. How did you not know that that's what I was referencing? I had no idea. Anyways, I'm back now. Let's move on. All right. So uh, I'm super excited to talk about this because divination is the bomb dog hall. Yeah. It was originally mandatory for first years along with alchemy yeah. and a subject simply called beast, which yeah. Jenny signed up for, took, and got her degree in. Yep. So uh, Professor Trelawney, which is the greatest seer that ever lived after several others, uh, she has a cool <laughs> quote. Marianne, can you do her voice? I can try because i was i was reading this quote and i could very clearly <laughs> hear it in my head but i was like bet money i can't recreate that with my mouth i'm i'm gonna try my best and maybe she'll come out because uh, when we i was should, researching I like we should all take a stab at it and see how it goes <laughs> oh, i forgot how she says this so. yeah she's like I, <laughs> I don't know if i should try it i'm kind of nervous <laughs> okay. here you go okay Marianne, you, okay you do it my name is Professor Trelawney, <laughs> you may not have seen me before. I find that descending too often into the hustle and bustle of the main school clouds my inner eye. <laughs> I freaking love this quote just because as a teacher, if you do not know me as a teacher, I my classroom is called the black box and I tend to call it the black hole because I literally never leave my classroom. I just me, but like in life and I never leave my house. I never like, I will only leave for lunch. And if I leave ever, I'm always leaving strategically. I never try to leave while kids are like walking through the hallways. Never, you're never like I socializing. Avoid, yeah, He's I avoid like, big crowds. Looking out that like one inch window on the door, like is anyone coming? <laughs> <laughs> Just because, like, yeah, I understand that. I don't want my inner eye like a crowded. Yeah, so I there's a oh. lot of things about Sybil that I really Ooh, relate Sybil, to. We're on a first name basis. Oh yeah. So I didn't know that she was a Ravenclaw before two seconds ago. Yeah. What? No way. Lit, 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 what? I love her, guys. I mean, I know yeah. that she's like a fraud and she's kind of trash, but I love her. She's not too trash though. She is. Like she she's is, more trash. Uh, she's, she's less trash. Yeah. Quoting Dumbledore, she is ninety percent fraud. <laughs> All right, that's you know I can deal with that. We got ninety percent of yes. good in her. Those ten percent, like ninety like, percent like, fraud and like ten percent Sherry. No, <laughs> no, ten percent yes. seer, but unconscious. Yes, yeah. and she'll like she'll. I don't think she not does. She remember them subconsciously. No, she does not remember any of her. Uh, Which sucks. Like 
the yeah, only ones that are true. That actually ties into something else, by the way. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't really want to speak on it because I don't have all the facts, but I know that it ties back into like a mythology story. Probably. Where the seer was cursed that they would like never believe her predictions. And so because wow. Sybil oh. can't remember them and she's super fraud, like they really don't kind of believe in her at all, but she's actually like super seeing. Speaking of seers and oracles and stuff again coming back to that etymology yeah so this is i i believe this is a direct quote um i took from pottermore but it says the sibyls of ancient greece and sibyls yes as a noun as language and people were revered as oracles women who had the ability to prophesize the future and were respected for their divine knowledge the first sibyl was known as sib Siblia, I think it, that's Sibilla. how you say it. Sibilla. A woman who could utter predictions in an ecstatic frenzy. <laughs> so not only is this name Sibyl uncanny in its accuracy, but the way Professor Trelawney changes when she makes a real prophecy is very much a frenzy. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, wow, like spot on. Can we talk about her hobbies? Yes. Yes. They're the so, best hobbies ever. <laughs> her hobby, again, and this is why I think Pottermore is very sarcastic and <laughs> likes to have fun with this. Yes. Her hobby is practicing making doom-laden prophecies in front of the mirror. You have the grim. <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry. Yes. So at first when I read this, and Elizabeth is my witness, I thought when it said Sherry, I for a second thought she had like a winery or something and she was making wine on the Do side. Do you think she has herself put together enough I for the fine don't. art of making wine? I don't know. I had hope. And instead, it, it's, she's just drinking. Yeah. I can give you this quote where it says Sybil spends most of her time apart from her colleagues, as we've already mentioned before, where I kind of relate to. Up in her stuffy and overcrowded tower office. Unsurprisingly, perhaps, she has developed an over-reliance on alcohol. And <laughs> it's almost like you're reading my parallel life. <laughs> I think you're reading like every teacher's life. And I think that's why yes. Marianne can't stop laughing. I'm yes. telling you yes, because I was only a teacher for a year. P.S. I quit. And that one year, like I could definitely see myself turning into this if I had stayed longer. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to entertain the stereotype of how teachers are like basically alcoholics don't want to entertain that however we're entertaining it <laughs> i'm entertaining it a little bit because listen with my colleagues if we're ever like officially socializing our faculty socials officially. we're drinking oh. we're drinking officially yes officially that's not allegedly it's now, official it's official i mean we'll be probably classy you know, most of the time, but most. most of the time we are very, we're keeping it very classy, you know? Um, but it's just so much fun. And half the time, you know, there's alcohol involved as a teacher. So as I read that, I was just like, wow, I relate to this so much. And also on top of that, this is like, I get to go home at the end of every night. Good. Yes. Hogwarts professors cannot. Oh my God. They are yeah. with these I children for like imagine. eight months. I, those socials, those faculty socials with with the other professors, I they're I definitely getting litty. Like I need more info on their life. Like where do they go I need grocery to know. shopping? Like do the house elves just take care of it? Like yeah, do they I have think a so. say in like what they eat? Like do what, the house elves just take care of it? Like, what do what their rooms on? look like? Yes. Do like, they chaperone? Do they have? Can they to... have people over? Like some of them are single. Like can yes. they go out to Hogsmeade and pick up a dude and bring him back? Wait, aren't all of them single? 
quota? Question mark. I don't know. I mean, it's not really mentioned. It's only ever really mentioned in McGonagall's story. But then oh, she was. I don't even want to talk about that. I'm going to leave the room oh, and yeah. talk about that because I'm going to cry. So yeah. Sad. But anyways, there's only ever mention of McGonagall having a relationship. And even then, when she started teaching, she wasn't in a relationship. Yeah. Whereas yeah. everyone's single. And do you have to be apparently like single and not ready to mingle? I don't know. To be a professor. This is we've got questions for Oh my Joe. god, it's like we're ready to go to Hogwarts. Me and you I'm not gonna take that as shade because it's true. It's not shade. I mean I'm here with you. I'm standing yes. under the tree with you. <laughs> yeah. I also I feel like she practiced in the mirror going back to that hobby because I feel like she was self-aware in that in the sense that like her social skills kind of lacked. <laughs> so I feel like it, she just wanted to prepare if she had the right prophecy because obviously she didn't know she was going to have a right prophecy, how to tell it to people. I would have been sitting right next no. to Lavender Brown and Pavardi Patil. <laughs> like, oh my God, yes, this lady's amazing. So uh, Joe actually wrote that uh, Trilogy actually is very similar to Lockhart in that she's very much a charlatan and she actually believes she's greater than who she is. And so huh. I think... Um, but not really, because she's great. Just, you know, every now and then. So, yeah. Okay, so she thinks she's actually accurate most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Or at least would like to believe that she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she actually has a really good ability to be able to read people. Mm-hmm. So she's really good at reading people who are vulnerable. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I can and, see that. And being able to, like, yeah. like, pinpoint, like, with Lavender Brown. She knew Lavender Brown was very vulnerable and very susceptible. Yeah. So she just gave her a vague prophecy and definitely jumped yeah. on the fact when Lavender associated like the two. It's like cookies. Like, you read something and you're like, oh, my God, this is so my life yeah. right now or like horoscopes it's the same thing like my horoscope could be like the sky is great and i'd be like oh my god like, I was oh my god the sky about is the clouds. so great like the horoscopes are so on point today yes so uh she was basically a walking horoscope like she Look, she knew I love her. she knew how to how to manipulate those feelings. i would have taken divination every year mm. uh, not for me okay, all right her mind. <laughs> listen so uh, after uh, Trelawney, unfortunately, Trelawney. Trelawney. Thank you. I her, her name is the one name I never pronounce correctly. It's okay. Every it's single okay. time. So we also have Ferenz. Ferenz. Yes. The 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 centaur. I think it's Ferenz. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's Ferenz, and then I think uh, the audiobook pronounces it in some weird way. Firenes. Mm. Firenes or no, Ferenzi. I think I always say Firenze, Firenze, because it's like Florence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firenze. Okay, yeah. whatever. Anyway. Firenze. I'm sorry if anybody Italian is listening <laughs> to this right now. I'm so sorry. I'm part Italian. It's okay. It's that's, fine. I don't think that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> My like 15% Italian. Oh, watch out. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so there's actually not much additional info on yeah. Firenze. Like there really Whoa. isn't. It's really sad. It, yeah, and I kind of really want to learn more about him and want to learn more about the centaurs in general. The centaurs are really kind of piss me off. Yeah. They're Mars very- is bright tonight. Okay, but what does that mean in English? <laughs> yeah, they're very pretentious, but I think it's also they're just a way so that they've protected their own kind because I can imagine, like, in their early history, they were very much manipulated by mm-hmm. witches and wizards. Yeah. And so they've well, just if you look put at up the this like wall of the time, like with mm-hmm. Umbridge. And you know that it mentions like very lightly in the books how she's writing um, like anti whatever legislation. Yeah. 
what, I'm not going to start on the umbrage thing because then you're going to get going. But yep. Anyways, it must have been difficult. I agree. Yeah. So I can imagine for like the people who were taught by him, it must have been really frustrating being taught by him, especially if you wanted yeah. actual answers. Yeah. Because again, he's a centaur. He's not going to give actual answers. However, I thought his classroom Lit. was so nice. Yes. I would have taken the most beautiful nap every class. <laughs> Just laying on this like bed of grass, looking up at the sky. That's like me and my element, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I would have fallen asleep. It would have been great. Anyways, yay! I'm so excited for the next subject. Well, what do you think it is? It's scared magical creatures. Wow. Okay, so I guess we're gonna start with Hagrid. Cause Hagrid. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I love Hagrid. So yeah. a little bit. We actually. Learn a lot about Hagrid in the books. There's not much additional information on him since we yeah, got a lot of his backstory. So he is Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Um, he did introduce a, a bunch of like cool books that weren't used before until he became a professor, like the Monster Book of Monsters. Um, I find it like so funny. I don't remember the like exact quote from the book. Um, but it was like really funny when Harry like went into the bookshop and was yes. like, oh, I need my books. And then like the guy was like about to like take out the monster book of monsters. And he's like, no, I already have that one. And he's like, oh, my God, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> he was like ready to go into battle. Literally. So I could only imagine. And then um, obviously introducing hippogriffs to the class. Um Harry, Ron, and Hermione had to come across the Handbook of Hippogriff Psychology in order to, like, try to find some way to save Buckbeak. Um, so I think those are, like, a really, like, two interesting books that didn't come along until Hagrid's time. Before that, it was just Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And that was all they really knew for Care of Magical Creatures, hopefully. Yeah. Considering. Interesting. So speaking of uh, going, continue on, continuing, sorry, on this etymology train, so this is actually I'm also, I'm gonna speak both to Hagrid's etymology for his first name and also Dumbledore's because they're linked. <gasps> Whoa. Yes. So there's this really again, we went heavy on Pottermore on this one. So Joe wrote an article called Colors. And in this there's a paragraph and I'm gonna read it out to you because I, this honestly was like pretty beautiful and it just like blew my mind. So Joe says, Colors also played their part in the naming of Hagrid and Dumbledore, whose first names are Rubius, Red, and Albus, White, respectively. The choice was a nod to alchemy, which is so important in the first Harry Potter book, where the red and the white are essential mystical components of the process. The symbolism of the colors in this context has mystic meaning, representing different stages of the alchemic process. Um, which many people associate with a spiritual transformation. Where my two characters were concerned, I named them for the alchemical colors to convey their opposing but complementary natures. Red meaning passion or emotion, white for asceticism, Hagrid being the earthy, warm, and physical man, lord of the forest, <laughs> Dumbledore, the spiritual theor theoretician, brilliant idealized and somewhat detached each is a necessary counterpoint to the other as harry seeks father figures in his new world wow i actually really like that i did 
liked it too. Yeah. It, I, it like, just makes me sad that like my note comes right after that beautiful paragraph. And like, I got like, chills. Hella unprofessional. This guy gets drunk in front of children. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Hagrid did. Ha- Hagrid wasn't ever I, meant to be a professor. Yeah. Like, I understand that, but you were still unemployed at the school. Yeah. Like, tell me, t- honestly, tell me that if somebody who worked at your school walked in in front of all your children and was like drunk, you wouldn't be like, Get this man off property right now. Yeah. I mean, was Hagrid ever... I like Hagrid. I don't dislike him. I like Hagrid. I think he's, like, a great figure for Harry to have in his life. I think it's great that Harry looks up to him. And I do agree, like, with what Joe was saying in that paragraph. Like, he's a really important counterpoint to Albus. (laughs) But (laughs) I also feel like he did, like, wildly unprofessional and, like, crazy stuff that, like, really could have, like, damaged Harry. Like... Raising a dragon and, like, letting the kids into your little hut, your wooden hut. I can't. So, in a way, I kind of um, forgive or allow Hagrid those, like, deeper faults because I feel like he never really aged past 13 so much. Yeah. He, he never got out his of, education. He, he was kicked out of school and then just kind of just like forever lived at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I just feel like realistically in real life, like you wouldn't allow that around your child. But well, was he? No, be- but was he be- Dumbledore. Was he belligerent? <laughs> no, I don't think I mean, he was ever no, he belligerent. He was just drinking in front of them. Like he was just like drinking like he's obviously drunk. Yeah. yeah. But mm, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Some of the stuff he did. But overall, I like Hagrid. I mean, he's a cool dude. But no, I'm just going to say I'm going to be a tad bit more responsible. I'm going to I'm going to put a pin on it in a hot second because I've got something else to to mention. Okay, well, to be honest, my other bone to pick with him is honestly the blast and its groots. (laughs) I don't know if you guys want to get into it right now, but I'm ready. Go. I want to know. Okay, it's just not okay for you to like go and breed two different sets of animals and make a new set of animal that's clearly against regulation. That you're is asking true. students to hide it. Like you're teaching at a professional school. This is clearly illegal and you continue to do it makes me mad. And then he didn't even know what they ate. How are you keeping them alive? Like is this animal suffering? This is literally all going through my head as I'm reading <laughs> these books. <laughs> yeah. Newt Scamander would be upset. I think he would. I feel he like would. Hagrid Needed to hang out with Newt for like a month I or so. Yeah, maybe. But I, I just, I think that passion was like red with the color of his uh-huh. name. And the passion. It's so, it's very fitting, obviously, because she chose that. But it just reminds you that like Hagrid was the kind of person who just like went and did things because he had a passion for it or he absolutely loved it and like didn't. But he think didn't ab- think it no, through. He like, did not at think. All. Very similar to like Ron in that sense. <laughs> Weird, right? Daggers coming from my eyes. (laughs) Don't do that again. (laughs) Your last warning. (laughs) Like we mentioned before, though, he is Harry's number one supporter. And I think it's so beautiful how he connected to Harry from the very first moment he held him in his arms and had that, like, kinship with him. Like, think about it. He almost got arrested because he threw a support Harry Potter party in his house again while harry is quite literally the most wanted man in the entire wizarding world and he's just like throwing a party like harry potter's awesome everyone harry potter's awesome that's the parts of hagrid that i adore yeah i will say 
He's a great dude. He's like that's, a heart of gold. But That's you why know. he is a true Gryffindor. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He is loyal to the point where he will defend the people that he loves no matter what. Yeah. Like, do not speak bad about Albus Dumbledore in front of him. Yeah. He will He will turn you or yeah. attempt to turn you into, into a, a pig. pig. So in a, in a way, I think that's good that the kids had him as a professor because... In a, especially with these kids that it's a boarding school and they're away from their parents and they're there for like eight months at a time in the year school year or nine months. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. Um, your teachers have to be in a way your role models as well. You're, you're not only teaching these kids, obviously, the knowledge that they need to Wait, know. So are you saying that Hagrid was a role model? In a, a role model in the sense of like how you should live your like what your values are oh, so values. value okay, okay. your values I was like, Whoa. not as in like drink in front of your students on the job no <laughs> the job. i mean more of like support your friends be brave yeah. um be kind to other people mm-hmm. yeah um, well and, and he did really important stuff too like yeah. going to find the giants and talking to them for dumbledore and yeah stuff. Yes. he's obviously trustworthy he's and very he, loyal you know, he's very loyal and stuff like that so i agree that he has characteristics Ooh. That should be admired. Mm-hmm. Lost my voice there a little bit. I'm still recovering. Yeah, it's man. Fine. Those that illness that had us knocked out for a oh while. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> sorry about my voice. <laughs> yeah, our last episode. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, um, I think that other things that Hagrid kind of brings into the story is, I mean, it gives you examples of like the times that they're living in with people being really judgy about him being half giant and like the letters that he gets. And even, like, how Ron talks about giants and stuff like that, which yeah. obviously I don't want to super talk about because it's not shedding a great light on him. But um, but it just gives you kind of, like, that background where there was obviously some sort of, like, prejudice going on. But I think that he brings in sort of, like, those things. He ties them into the story as well. Yeah. Um, I'm also still super mad that they didn't let him have his wand or like properly learn magic yeah. like after his yeah. name was cleared. Like I think that's Codswallop. Yes. I feel but. like that's a little like dangerous. Like if you think this person supposedly released this beast and killed a girl. Yeah. Yes, he should be punished. Yes, he, he should probably be expelled. But shouldn't he also be at least educated to control his magic and control yeah. his abilities es- a little bit better? Especially that he's a professor. Like, well, I mean, he wasn't professor for a very long time, but he, she's saying in like in the, in the between time, she's saying like from the moment that he got expelled to like when he became like in that between time, like he should have been taught to control it. Oh, Which I, I mean, mean, I'm like, I'm like kind of okay because I feel like by third year, like you're you're yeah, I think serial. like I think that you're kind of in the clear. Yeah, yeah. But, I feel like that's fine, but still, I I feel like breaking his wand, like the witches and wizards who go to Azkaban, their wands aren't broken. They're taken away from them, but they're not broken that in just half. That happens when you get expelled. It's just the policy, bro. And I, I just think that's extremely unfair. Like, why yeah. couldn't he be homeschooled? Why? I mean, he that's obviously true. doesn't have a family. That's but. also true. Is like, so just because you got expelled from one school, I mean, like, obviously in Muggle world, like, you just go to the next one. Yeah. So then why doesn't that happen in magical schools? Yeah. Like, like why is it so strict that, like, just because you yeah. live in the area of Hogwarts, you can only go to Hogwarts. Yeah, Joe, like, why? What if he just wanted to travel to Bobatons or Durmstrang or Ilvermorny? Like, I have questions. So many. <laughs> That's true. 
But also, it's kind of crazy to me, like, because they make this whole big deal about the, how they break people's wands and stuff. But then there's, like, the school in Africa that is known because they're, like, all the kids are really talented because they do wandless magic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I uh, Whatever. It's fine. But I, every time I, I read, they're like, it's really hard to do wandless magic. And I'm like, well, there's 11-year-olds doing this somewhere else in the world. So get it together. I'm very confused about Maybe all that. Maybe it's a gene pool. Oh, could be. <laughs> maybe they're genetics. Maybe it's like maybe it's like a cultural thing. You yeah. know like how culture is like taught. Maybe they're yeah. like, yeah. we don't freaking need wands, you Bang. losers. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ruin the wand woods. <laughs> don't cut down trees. No, I was about to say, stop killing the trees. So anyways, All moving right. on. Oh, we still have lots of stuff to talk about with Hagrid. Yes. But um, I really just to like lighten the mood a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely curious about this. Oh, my goodness. How in the world did his father breed with his mother? Like, these are just the questions that I have. Like, breed. I don't I'm know. Screaming. How did Animal. they make offspring? <laughs> Thank you. I was writing this note and I was like, okay, like if I was at work, this would be like, how did they breed? But I was like, how do we say it for people? <laughs> and how do we keep it PG? <laughs> exactly. So I just need to know, like, logistically, how did this work? <laughs> we have questions. I have <laughs> lots of questions. I, I've always wondered this. And, like, in my head, I'm like, it obviously can't work the other way around because, like, a human woman birthing a half giant. Oh, my God. Stop. It, oh it wouldn't work. I'm in pain. So no. <laughs> Speaking of someone who has birthed a child. Our children are big enough. <laughs> I have seen many a birth, never of human sorts. But oh. let me tell you, that is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It's unnatural. It's the most unnatural thing I've ever seen. It's the most natural, the most natural. It is the most unnatural thing I have ever seen in my life. The most natural, unnatural thing. But anyways, the real point of this conversation is like, how? Allegedly. Allegedly. Like, I think that there is something to be discussed here. That we're missing a piece of the puzzle. <laughs> Maybe it was like in vitro. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> before we move out of PG ter- territory. <laughs> P.S. Now that we're talking about turkey basers, hashtag multi fandom, watch Jane the Virgin, fantastic show. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. So I believe I mentioned this in a previous episode, but. I truly believe Hagrid is the most perfect bookend to the series because he is literally carrying Harry into our world and theoretically carrying him out of the world. I see your imagery. And it's so beautiful. And knowing that Hagrid feels so much for Harry, too, is just, I don't know. It, It just, it's, it gets me choked up. Yeah. Anyways. Moving on into a more positive note for Hagrid. So everyone always gives Hagrid flack for being a terrible professor. Yeah. He was. And Here comes and my he, pin. And Woo. he taking it out. And he was. However, However, believe it or not, he was an improvement over the previous Care of Magical Creatures professor, which was Professor Kettleburn. Okay, but it, it just goes to, like, show you, like, how bad this school is, like, as a school. Or is it the Magi Zoologists that we need to, like, watch out for? Why are all the Care of Magical Creature professors a little too cray, a little too experimental 
with their lessons. Excuse me. Grubbly Plank was professional. Okay. okay. She okay, was. We, we will boring. get there. We'll get there when we get there. Yes. That was so, like me. Yes. Joe that was you. You're Grubbly Plank. <laughs> So Joe actually wrote about Kettleburn, and um, I had no idea that Kettleburn was a bad professor. And apparently, so she says, Kettleburn was a lovable, if eccentric man, and uh, his continuing employment at the school was evidence of the great affection in which staff and students held him. So people loved him. Yes. However, he finished his career <laughs> with only one arm. It happens, man. And half a leg. Please tell me how this worked out. Albus Dumbledore presented him with a full set of enchanted wooden limbs on his retirement. And it's a gift that had to be replaced regularly since because Kettleburn's <laughs> habit of visiting dragon sanctuaries in his spare time meant that his prosthetics were frequently set on fire. I have a lot of problems with this. <laughs> Shall I start? Yes. One, why did we have to wait until he retired? To get the prosthetics? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like, we just let this man, what, like, float around? Like, did someone just, like, when Guardian Leviosa, like, maybe, like, maybe just he, took him places? Maybe like, he didn't want the help. Maybe he just wanted to float around everywhere. And then he, all of a sudden, he was like, yeah, I'll take the wood? Like, he was like, well, I, I, I retired. Have questions. <laughs> I have questions, questions, questions. Then my second question is, like, why do you keep getting ones that are made out of wood if you're going to visit dragon sanctuaries? It's very true. I mean, that might sound crazy. Don't stop visiting the sanctuaries because you're getting hurt. Just, like, make sure you don't have wooden limbs. I don't know. Literally. Like, leave leave them at home and with Guardian Leviosa yourself again. Exactly. If like, we, if we, what are we cre- doing? If we could create the Philosopher's Stone... I think we can create you know? some sort of Okay, also, third question. Limbs. When all these limbs went missing, like, did it happen, like, while he was teaching? Was it on grounds at Hogwarts? Like, I, did he get y- workers' comp? Like, <laughs> how did this work? <laughs> like, what? How I did mean, they were, how were they just okay with, like, you know what? Did he get you don't really up? need your legs or your arm. Yeah, but also, it's like, after, if I lost an appendage, I'd be like, okay, let's see what happened. I'm never going to make sure that, like, <laughs> I'm never going to be in that situation again. No. But, and then he's, and then he lost other appendages. <laughs> How did he keep his job? Like, was he, like, is this just part of the world? He's, he's just a lovable guy. That's literally why he kept his job. I have, you know, the more that we talk about this and the further that we get into <laughs> these episodes, the more I'm like, oh my God, Hogwarts was a terrible school. Like, I would never. <laughs> I never want to go there. I would never send my children there. Listen, the professors were, they're either Ravenclaw, the professors we talked about, Ravenclaw, or the care of magical creatures. You have some connection towards them. I'm just So saying, you have, you're having an identity crisis I'm over there. I'm having an identity crisis right now. <laughs> you're like, I would not send my children to Hogwarts, but. <laughs> but like, I'll teach there. <laughs> but I'll teach. Yeah, so. All right, so Grubbly Plank, who we already mentioned before. Yeah. So um, she was the one that replaced uh, Hagrid's position whenever he was, like, gone for a long period of time. She was, like, a temp. She was basically a temp, a permanent substitute teacher. I think Pottermore called her a stand-in teacher. Um, But she was, again, the opposite of Kettleborn and Kettleburn, sorry, and Hagrid. She was very professional, clearly knew what she was doing. Let me yeah. tell you. Some really fun lessons. I was paying attention to her lessons. Yes. Unicorns like females better than they like males. Like, I was like, I could list <laughs> out like the facts. I was like taking notes. 
Yes. This would have been the like fairies. my BFF. I would have been like, what's up, bro? She actually made it like it was still interesting, but not to the point where it's like somebody's Dangerous going to get to her. Yeah. It was like, I don't know what they should have been learning. <laughs> and she's also very professional and loyal where it's like she protected Haggard's location and refused to share any info with Harry um, while she was his replacement. Yeah. Do you, which, wait, hold on. Do you think she knew? Yes. Or she just knew that he was gone. Like, I feel, I felt like no, only people in the like order knew. knew. I don't feel like she knew. I think she knew because I think it, that the she colleague. Knew that, like, she was, like, he was, like, doing something important, maybe yes. for Dumbledore, but I don't think that she knew, like, he's going to go visit Giants for Dumbledore well, to get yeah, them on he her probably, side. Yeah, she probably didn't know the logistics of it, yeah. but she's a colleague. I mean, yeah. she's going to have a, an idea of what's going on. I mean, honestly, especially if Dumbledore's I would say, her like, I would keep that, like, on lock. That would be, like, need-to-know basis, but we're also talking about Hogwarts, so who yes. knows? Like, who knows? They could have just been talking about this in the staff room. Like, I also did find this on Pottermore, so it has to be that she did know something. Um, but that was just really interesting to me because that was like the opposite of Hagrid, who was like a blabbermouth, basically. Like he would just like let information loose when he didn't mean to. And he was like, I shouldn't have said that. Because he was I drunk. Not have yes. Um, she also stood up for Dumbledore when uh, Umbridge questioned him. So that's an admirable trait of her as well. And then we're, I'm just curious to know whether like, because Potter McCarls are a stand-in teacher, but was she a stand-in teacher for all teachers or was she a stand-in teacher just for Hagrid? I've always like wondered about that. You know what I'm saying? Normally, like at least here in the U.S., substitute teachers substitute any class. Yes. So Hogwarts is probably backwards. She was probably only care of magical teachers. I would assume so. Yeah, they probably had like some of those like backup teachers, especially since it's a boarding school or something mm-hmm. where like if let's say a professor was leaving or getting sick or something like that, they needed someone to replace it instead of just canceling the class altogether. I'm sure someone had to be there kind of be like a, that quote unquote stand in. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just wonder if she was like an actual, like what we know as a permanent substitute or if she was just specifically. Perhaps we'll never computers. know. I need to know. I have questions. <laughs> okay, moving on. Our next subject is herbology. Herbology, also known as herbo- herbalism. That it, that's what it almost that sounds like. Gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah, why think she ended up going better. with herbology. Yeah, herbalism sounds like you got like a disease and you need to go get checked. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a uh, like a theme of politics. Like, I believe well, in two herbalism. <laughs> yes. So our one and only herbology teacher while Harry was around is hey, hey. Professor Sprout. Yeah. I love her. I love her, too. And she's a pup. And she's, she's a pup. Ah, oh, the best she's pup. She's a, what would the plants think? <laughs> I think. What would the plants think? I'm pretty sure she is the only Hufflepuff professor. I am pretty positive as well. Ooh, ooh, pretty positive. Pretty positive. Alliteration. Yeah. Yes. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would also like to say, also, her name is perfect for her job. Yes. Can I read it? Yes, you can. Professor Pomona Sprout. Uh, Literally translate into bearer of fruit and new growth. Like what? <laughs> yes. What a more perfect. Could there be a more perfect name? No. I don't think so. And I am so happy. We that done did it. I am so happy she is head of Hufflepuff because she is the definition of a loyal friend. 
because time and time again throughout the series, she shows her loyalty to not only Dumbledore, but to the students, to the school, to her job. Yeah. And it is fantastic. Give it to us, Elizabeth. So uh, there is a point in time. I forgot when it is. I'm not sure if this was in chamber or in. uh, It's in in the other one. And yes, in There's the other two t- books where they discuss like shutting, the shutting down, down the school. So and it's in the other one. The other, the second time that they Bro, discuss shutting down the do school. We li- have we literally ever read these books? <laughs> <laughs> one of those books. Wait, let's troubleshoot it now. Order. That's what I want to say, but I don't want to be wrong. Why would they shut down the school in order? Because of Umbridge. Umbridge, yeah. probably. Yeah. And then we're fact checking. It's the Half Blood Prince. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Ooh, ooh, I just had a revelation. It is the Half Blood Prince because this conversation is happening after Dumbledore has passed. Oh, there. Yes. Okay. And they're I talking just... about what they're gonna do. Okay. So the quote that she says in the Half Blood Prince is, "If a single pupil wants to come, then the school ought to remain open for that pupil." Yes. Yep. I feel like that. Yep. Those words just came from Helena Hufflepuff herself. That is exactly almost like the Hogwarts founding story where I'll just take the rest. I'll take whoever wants to learn. Oh, I'm so sad. And she's also and she's also amazing because it is thanks to her that Neville actually felt accepted. God bless her. He flourished and he eventually became the professor of that. Of herbology. Yes. Because of her, her nurture and her nature in him. And she saw the talent in him. And uh, it's just. Uh. She also made scarves and socks to comfort the mandrakes in the winter. Like she. She, ah! she did that out of like her own love for plants. Like. And so sweet. I love her. I feel like you would be that would but be like for the BFF. animals. Yeah. Me and Professor Sprout would have been like definitely hanging out. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then speaking of mandrakes, I also love and I did not know that yeah. she did this. You didn't? No, I, I, I think I forgot. Oh my God, it's like the best part. That she flung her mandrakes at Death Eaters during the battle. Yes. <laughs> She's killing the Death Eaters with mandrake screams. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, sound effect. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, Professor Trelawney threw her sherry bottles. Yes. No. Oh, yeah. Everybody had yes. their thing, man. Yes. Everybody had their thing. I though, I, though I think Sprout was a, a tad more effective in her. <laughs> Listen, you're so judgy today. Oh. I'd also like to mention. So, um, it's not exactly f- confirmed. Um, when obviously. McGonagall's timeline and everything like that. It is confirmed that uh, McGonagall and Sprout, two of their years overlap when they were at Hogwarts. So we know oh, that much. Yes, there's two date years. Yeah, and um, they were friends. Yeah, yeah, and they were they were friends for those two years. So that's really cool. Um, so obviously that was a while ago. You know, McGonagall's timeline's a little loopy right now because we've got questions with the whole Fantastic Beast thing. But for me personally, even though it's not confirmed, I'd like to bet money that it was her who helped plant the Whomping Willow. That way Remus Lupin could go to school in peace. I would just bet money. I feel like she would be the person to do that. Yes. I wish it was her. I hope it is. Like I, I literally I need crying. I need an answer. Mm-hmm. I need questions answered. I have questions. Questions? Questions answered. Answered. Yes. Okay. But I 
in my heart, I'd like to say that that's the pin that I'm unpinning oh, from a yeah. while back. Oh my god! Because when there's so many pins in this episode, it's literally so making many. me so, so happy. So I, I just like think this theory. So when Lockhart, when I saw that Lockhart said that, I was like, it just irked me even more so. Besides the fact that he's trash, so I was like, no. Wait, when Lockhart said what? That when, uh, the whole he thing knows about the Whomping Willow, the Whomping Willow, because oh, 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 he's come oh, oh. across a exotic plants. Oh, I was like, that guy's Girl, the worst. I don't want to go no. back to him. I don't want to remember this guy. All right, let's move on then to a better Ravenclaw professor. We are moving on to the head of house, Phyllis Litwick. Yeah, charms. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I would just like to mention. Um, obviously emotional things aside, I think for me, the most important teacher for Harry, besides obviously any data teacher from an educational aspect is Professor Flitwick. Just because of the amount of times a charm has literally saved his life. We've got Expelliarmus, which is his literal like signature signature move. We've got Accio, which without Accio, hello, like no broom. Uh, in Goblet of Fire, yeah. he wouldn't have been able to um, acquire the port key in order to get out of that whole scenario with Voldemort. Yep. And then we've got Wingardium Leviosa. Without Wingardium Leviosa, we wouldn't even have the Golden Trio. Yes. So, thank you, Professor Flitwick. you just blew my mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Professor Flitwick is such an important character, and he but does not get like enough, enough credit. But he's also, like, a super solid teacher. Yes, he, he is. is. guy is like, you know what? You need some extra work. Do some homework, but you're not going to hate it. Like, he's just great. He is an all-around stand-up guy. he's like, you're succeeding. He's so fantastic. He literally is. Like, McGonagall and... Um, and Flitwick are like my two top fave teachers. I, I, th- I, think I, they're, I think they're the two most talented. Absolutely. Professors. Absolutely. I'll, I mean, Snape also, but. Yes. Oh, my God. With the Snape. Listen. We'll get there. We'll get there. So we've got the hobbies. Oh, my God. This is like. <laughs> okay. This, this may- is like my hobby. Yes. No, <laughs> this is actually my hobby. And where are we? It is September. Yes. I'm already doing this. All right. So decorating the great hall for Christmas. Yes. This man lives to decorate. But he has, like, he puts, like, like the best, like, little touches and little details that he's paying attention to. I'm, I'm so proud that he's a Ravenclaw. Literally. He would love HGTV. Yeah. For sure. He would be friends with Joanna Gaines. Oh, my goodness. A hundred percent. I don't know. Stop it. <gasps> Chip and Joanna fixer upper? Yes. Sorry, no. And you, the, okay, the brothers. You, yes, the property brothers. Yes. I watch a lot of HGTV. It's really bad. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> but I've the never, man. I've never seen an episode of anything on HGTV. Stop. Just so don't, you okay, know. don't start because you'll get sucked in. That's okay, true. I That's true. But yes, the man lives to decorate. And like Christmas decorations are like Life. nothing without him. So, yeah. Um, obviously we also have to mention he does come from goblin ancestry which I think is so important it's incredible because there's not many professors that have any other ancestry besides human I know we've got Hagrid who is obviously half giant giant. and then we've then it's just Professor Flit with being a goblin. And Which yet, is super great because the history between goblins and wizards is so horrible. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. One, yay representation. But two, that also got me thinking, like, we don't really know many students that have other ancestries. Like They're not really talked about. They're not really talked about. Are yeah. they in school, especially than, during like, Harry's Blair, time? Like, is the only other person that I can think of because her grandmother is like a Vila. Yeah. 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 So that, like, that really made me 
especially when we were like looking into Flitwick and stuff like that, that really made me think about, are there other students that are, you know, from goblin ancestry, half giant, whatever, that are just not as talked about? Like we obviously see a lot of goblins, especially like in Gringotts and stuff like that. Did they go to school for magic or they just not talked about? I have questions. I have have so many questions. I I can't tell you, bruh. (laughs) I need to know. Um, We've already obviously already mentioned this, but Professor Flitwick, I just think is so pure. Like he's so nice and he never gave it detentions, which is so important because hello, we're talked about Hogwarts for what, like an hour now. And this school is not the safest. Obviously the detentions were basically trips to the forbidden forest. So who thought of this? I don't, I just super love that they call it the forbidden forest because that's like the last thing it is. Literally it's the most ironic thing. Yeah. Everyone's goes to the forest. Yes. So for Professor Flitwick to be like, you know what? I'm not going to give you a f- uh, an actual detention. I'm going to just make you do extra homework. Yeah. Like, clearly, one, he was thinking the safety of the children. The and safety two, of the children. even though that will suck because they have to do more homework, it's going to be ben- more beneficial to them in the end because yeah. it's going to focus more on their education rather than just their punishment. Yeah. Um, I would oh, also, yes. Yes. The Hermione, okay. Yo. I, I don't understand the grading system. Yes. Yo, man, what? Because so Hermione gets at first I, I didn't think twice about it. Hermione got 112 percent on her first charms exam her first year. Yes. And this so, is re- this is relevant because Professor Flitwick was consoling her yeah. when she was like worried about it. And he's, he's so like, nice. So also pure. like we are feeding the monster. Yes. Yes. Fe- of course. Yeah, feeding the Hermione monster. And Besides I'm pretty that. sure there was probably like extra credit, extra work that Hermione did on the yeah. yeah that granted her 112%. But then during her Muggle Studies exam a few years later, yes, she gets 320%. Yes. What is this? What is this magical grading system? Maybe I need to see a grading like rubric. Extra, like hella amount of points because she was Muggle born. Oh, pity points. No, but, not pity points. But three hundred and twenty percent out of what? I'm just you're asking me to justify it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm yeah. I know you're trying, and thank you so much. You're so welcome. But I need. I think it's Joanne. Nobody should get a three hundred and twenty percent. What's what's her first full of all? Mathematically, we should stop jo- at one hundred. What's her full name again? Joanne Catherine Rowling. Joanne you Catherine Rowling. I need you to answer these questions. You didn't know to hear you from across the pond and be like, "I got you." Girl. Girl. I think she will. I believe it in my soul, in my heart. No, I did. I didn't know what the K was for. She was just always JK Rowling. I just always forget names and things. But <laughs> names and things. You yes, know, the stuff of life. As a teacher, <laughs> having students, I forget <laughs> names and things. Very important to me. Um, but yeah, so as Fred Weasley says, old Fit- Flitwick usually gets everyone through their exams all right. He's just a stand-up dude. But he's also a baddie. Right, Jenny? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So a few episodes ago. Okay. So he's a bad B. He's a, a baddie. He's a, a baddie, baddie because he taught the Oak front doors to recognize a picture of Sirius Black when he escaped from Azkaban. <gasps> of course. That's what? so cool. Think about it. Yes. That Sirius escaped from Azkaban and that he was the only known wizard to ever do it and that he was also an unregistered animagi. <laughs> yeah. And he's a dog. But anyways, <laughs> that is really cool. It seems like very complex, complicated magic. 
But, you know, it didn't really work. A series got in anyway. Whatever. Because he didn't re- recognize his anime swarm. Um, yeah. Just saying. He did it. Thank you, Padfoot. So Fred and George also set off fireworks and let Umbridge waste her time dealing while he sat back and watched. Yeah. He was just what a like, savage. I hate this bee. She can clean up this swamp herself. <laughs> And I think in the book, it actually says he could have done it in like one flick of his wand. Oh, yeah. 100%. Which makes me feel like he's even more powerful. Like he's even more baddie because of it. Because I'm just like, <laughs> you wanted to watch her suffer. It's so great. It's so good. So he also cast the Protego Horribles. Horribles? 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 We would be really bad at magic. Yes. <laughs> uh, for Battle of Hogwarts, which I think in the movie is like the little blue like lights that are coming yes. out of everybody's wands. Yep. Yes. Like little protective shield, which literally this man's list of achievements is endless. Bless He's great. Him. He's so talented. Um, but he also took down Dalahov, who took Ugh. Moody and Lupin from... 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 <laughs> <laughs> He took down Dalahov, who took Moody and Lupin from us. So he's like the MVP. Because yes. if you mess MVP. with Lupin, you mess with me because Lupin was best friends with Sirius Black. So it's just so sad. You know. But he did justice. Did him justice. Did justice. He did. I think that charms, like overall as a whole, would probably be like the class that I would be like the most excited me to attend. Me too. The like, most fun. Yes. Like outside of the, um, what do you call them? The electives. Yeah, oh, yeah, the electives. Yeah, I think the Ugh. electives, like, I would be super intrigued by a lot of them. But, like, as the core, like, curriculum. Yeah. I mean, first of it, all of it is interesting. But charms, I think I would excel at, too. Yes, I agree. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, And so I also really want to talk about his appearance change in the movies. All right. So there is an answer to this. Yeah. What? Okay. I, I did not know this. I learned this the first time. So uh, Warwick Davis, he is the actor for uh, Professor Flitwick. And yeah. grip hook. He played. And that's not a legend. That's hashtag facts. Yes. Hashtag. Uh, so he he plays both Flitwick and grip hook. Yes. And so, in the first two movies, he uh, Flitwick was a very like old wizened professor. He had this wispy white hair, the yeah. emerald green robes, bald spot, all that jazz. And then go into Prisoner of Azkaban, and all of a sudden we see Flitwick is now leading the choir and he has like black hair or mustache and he's all of a sudden looks like a hundred years younger. So the reason for this change is it turns out that Flitwick was not originally written mm-hmm. into the prisoner of Azkaban. Man. So the producer called Warwick because Warwick has a really great relationship yeah. with the cast in general. And he called to apologize to him. And so he asked Warwick if he wanted to be the choir conductor because that was a part that they were writing in. And it was that was just the look that they decided to give the choir conductor. Mm-hmm. Come around Goblet of Fire, they were just like, we're going to keep this look. Um, and they added Flitwick as also the professor of magical music. So they just mm-hmm. gave him that other title. And... Another reason why we, they kept the new look is because the old version took uh, four hours of makeup and prosthetics Jeez. and the new one only two. So logistically, it was, it was a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> Probably less expensive. Which do you guys prefer? I think the second one, honestly. But I'm slightly biased because uh, it came out in Prisoner of Azkaban. Again, yeah. going back to my favorite aesthetic move, m- yeah. movie wise. It's serious black. Is yeah. 
Prisoner of Azkaban. So. I actually like the second one just because I feel like it matches too. more of like Flitwick's personality. Yeah. I agree. I like the second version better. Yeah. And I and I think in general it seemed like Warwick Davis was more comfortable yeah. in that, that look, in that role than compared to one like books movies one and two. Now I just have a question. Was it canon that Flitwick also happened to lead the Frog Choir, or was that completely that was a third that movie? Was, that was a movie decision. That's crazy. That third movie is so influential. I love it so much. Thank you, Alfonso. <laughs> I just like can't, and I and I'm glad that now it's canon because of that. Because for me, like I just I I feel like that's such an important thing, like music in general mm-hmm. um not they just because they do it at the wizarding world of harry potter yeah yeah they do yeah. i mean the frog choir existed but now that flitwick is a part of it yeah just makes me happy mm-hmm. and then it just like opened up all these doors especially in the movies yeah. like i think it helped uh with the comedic aspect and yes. warwick davis is an incredible actor yes and this just opened up all new avenues for him speaking of which where it was like um, in the Goblet of Fire movie, yes. um, he was int- after like introducing like the whole rock band or whatever. Warwick jokingly suggested about how Flitwick should like crowd surf, and they actually actually ended up doing it. Yeah, he, I rem- I remember reading the interview, and mm-hmm. Warwick Davis was like, "Yeah, I jokingly said like, hey." How funny would it be for Flitwick to crowd surf? And then I showed up the next morning, and I had like, yeah, and I had a meeting with like the stunt coordinator. <laughs> And I just, like, find that, like, I remember seeing that scene in theaters and I was like, what an iconic moment. Because at this point we were, like, getting to be teenagers. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah. Yeah, we started getting the fun part of it. Yeah, exactly. And just going back again to him being a conductor, I just, like, he... I just love that he was also in charge of conducting the Hogwarts Rock Choir. And that's just like, so again, so important to me. Another reason why I just really looked forward to that movie. Cause it's something we get this way comes. I mean, it's our freaking broom chicks opening song. Yes. Double trouble. Double so trouble important to us. is our opening song. And a fun fact, just recently I was editing one of our episodes and I was uh, playing our opening song. And my daughter started to dance to it. She does this like cute little hop to it. So I played all of Double Trouble and she loved it. Yes. I have to see that. I'm so proud. You need to record this. This girl is a witch through and through. I'm so, that makes my heart. Um, I also want to mention, not a professor, however, honorable mention, this choir only exists because of Celestina Warbeck, which that's a little bit for you, Jenny, because I know you like Celestine a little bit. I do because Molly. Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, so it only exists is existed after her mother's frequent letters demanding more artistic pursuits. So oh it's God, like yes! yes, fight for the arts in schools. It just I made my guys. heart so happy. But yes, the frog choir only exists because of Celestino Warbeck's mom. All right. Um it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yes, literally amazing. They say it was so cool. They sang in English and Latin and you get to sing with your toad. Even though toads aren't like a popular pet, at least in this time period, it's so cute. I can't imagine when they ever would be popular, but whatever. It's fine. Toads are cool, bro. Yeah. You're Uh, slipping over there. Especially that you... Slipping on their slime. They're gross. Oh my God, But you can sing with your toad. Okay, I just have like a thing against toads because like I grew up always knowing that like the toads that were in my lake in my backyard were uh, poisonous to my dog and could kill him. (laughs) 
So, like, I just always didn't like them because my, they could kill my animal. Yep. I mean, lots of things could kill your Whatever. <laughs> I'm not even going to get started on this. Chocolate could your kill your animal. Your dog could have killed that toad. Just okay. saying. <laughs> just saying. Let's not go into that because my dog's killed plenty of animals in our backyard. It's kind of sad. Well, He's savage. He's savage. <laughs> All right. Last, but definitely not least. Definitely not least. The... Transfiguration, Transfiguration professor, deputy, head, deputy headmistress, and current headmistress yeah. of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, the one, the only, Minerva McGonagall. <sighs> <laughs> so for this um, portion of the podcast, I had a lot of feelings. <laughs> And the easiest way for me to to write them down was to just like make a quick list of like really stupid things that popped into my head. Thankfully, yes. Marianne and Elizabeth turned those thoughts into actual cohesive sentences. <laughs> so for this portion, I'm going to read what I wrote down and then Marianne and Elizabeth can discuss what I really meant. <laughs> Are we ready for the yes. first note? Yes. Yes. I literally wrote McGonagall. Straight up G. <laughs> All right. So we're on the topic of letters, right? Let's going back to <laughs> etymology. <laughs> Thank you guys for oh, that. That just killed me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to see how we're going to tie this in. Okay. So Minerva is the Roman <laughs> goddess of warriors and wisdom, which yes. uh, just fits her so well. Um, and then McGonagall actually came from William McGonagall, who, according to JK, I don't know if this is a real thing, is the worst poet in British history. And just Joe thought it was a little bit interesting to have her be as a distant relative of his. Aww. I know. Isn't that funny? Um, hobbies? I didn't check what her actual hobbies oh were. However... Aww. I like to think, I would like to think that oh one of her hobbies was <laughs> teaching teenage boys how to dance, specifically for the scene of her teaching, specifically Ron no. Weasley, how to dance for the Yule Ball. I'm done. <laughs> that scene is one of the highlights. Of Harry Potter for me. It literally like was cinematic history, guys. Cinematic history. It's fine. Right. I think the best part of that entire scene is when she was like, babbling, bumbling, band of baboons. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Say it ten times fast. Bumbling, 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 you didn't even get it on the first try. <laughs> no, I was mimicking Fred and George, and George mumbling. I know, I yeah. They're so funny. Okay. Uh, I can't. Yes. Um, another Ooh! reason why she is Ooh. a straight up G. Straight yes. up G. She... <laughs> Is a hat stall. A hat stall. We mentioned hat stalls before. Yes. So it took uh, five and a half minutes to be sorted into Gryffindor over Ravenclaw. Which is like the biggest mistake. It is a testament to Minerva's equal helpings of bravery and vast intelligence. And I didn't know this. Marianne, you actually wrote this out in our notes. Yeah. That's 
Flitwick was also a house doll. Yes. Woo! Did you see that? So they kind of like lead par- parallel lives. And I think that's why they're like two of the most talented professors. They get along so well. That's crazy. And they both had hat stalls where it was like the sorting hat was between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw for both of them. What? Except Minerva went Gryffindor and Flitwick went Ravenclaw. Did they go to school at the same time? I think they did. Again, allegedly. that's allegedly because I didn't like it was yesterday when I read the article, but I believe they did go to school at the same time. Oh, man. Yes. And they fondly joke about it and ponder about it now and the lives that they could have led if it would have gone a different way. All right. Yeah. So, Jenny. My note says <laughs> really sad backstory on Pottermore. Oh, man. Did I look up this story? No. Did I bother to write anything about this story? No. It's I just okay. knew that it was really sad and it was there. It's called teamwork, okay. man. So, uh, fun fact this was actually one of the very first writings from J.K. Rowling yes. ever revealed to yes. us. And yes. it was on the I beta Pottermore. It. Yes, it I was. I remember from all that time ago. I've been sad about it for a long yeah. time. It was one of the very first things we learned that was extra outside of the books. And it was so beautiful I and heartbreaking. I also dove heavy into this article when I was doing research for an episode that has yet to be released because it's back from Elizabeth's pregnant days, <laughs> which we talked about last episode. But we yes. did record an episode about Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. 2, Crimes of Grindelwald. And um, McGonagall is in Hogwarts and she really shouldn't be. And so we dove into this article a lot to prove like timeline issues. And now we're going to discuss it. Yes. Yes. Uh, so a uh, basic backstory. So uh, she is a half blood. Yes. Or her father's a muggle. Mom's a witch. Mom's a witch. <laughs> I just got that from from Seamus. <laughs> uh, so I think it's insane that her mother kept that she was a witch for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until it was basically until Minerva got her letter that she was kind of like, "Hey, cat's out of the bag." Yeah. <laughs> like. I'm, the cat's out of the bag. Oh. <laughs> the pun was so funny. You're welcome. Um, I agree. Like, I, this really, this story really made me think about how complicated it can be for half-blood relationships, I, especially, yeah. like, those hardcore half-bloods where it's, like, you have one parent with full muggle, one parent that's full witch, um, and all those all those complications that can come with having a relationship like that. All the insecurity of what's going to happen. I would be super off if my husband was a wizard and I wasn't. Yeah. I'd be so mad. Yeah, I would yeah. be mad. It would, it would, I would be freaked out a little bit. I mean, I would probably be more mad that my supposed like life partner just lied to me for like the last 20 years. Especially but... when I'm a fan of Harry Potter. Like, how dare you not tell me that you're a wizard? Anyways. Whatever. Where was so, it? <laughs> so I guess she goes and she falls in love with a muggle boy. Um, so Aww. a man who could keep up with her fierceness and sense of humor. And so boy, does she have a sense now. of humor? Yes. <laughs> and then she ends up telling him um, after he proposes marriage uh, because she was afraid of like a life together of secrecy and the possibility of losing her ministry job. P.S. She worked at the ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. but it ended up just like sucking all around, I guess, because he was just like, peace out. Bye. Right. No. So what ended up happening? I can't remember. (laughs) So he proposed, 
Um, she initially said yes, was going to tell her parents. Uh-huh. And then she chickened out. And then she thought about it. And she was like, well, I don't want to go through the same thing my mom went through. Oh, and then no. she thought if she told him something would happen and the ministry would find out she would lose her job. So because people suck, she ended up telling him no. And that and then and on top of that, because people suck, she hated her job at the ministry because they would like make fun of muggle uh, muggle families and muggle borns and stuff like that. Obviously, she comes from a muggle family like her. She loves her dad. And even though um, it was hard for her and her mom, like hiding that magical part of that life from him even after he found out she still had that bond with him and like really Mm -hmm. admired her father she didn't like how they like mistreated muggles and like talked bad about them so she left the ministry job and applied for a teaching post at hogwarts and that's how she ended up teaching at hogwarts so technically if she would have ended up saying yes to the marriage she probably wouldn't have a to Hogwarts. Oh my God, which would have literally have oh. been like the worst thing to happen to Hogwarts. Yeah. Yes, the worst thing. The amount of things that she, she like, was one of, dipped like, her the toe only in. Professional, like, put together people that work there. Yes, and she's so integral in, like, especially yes. Harry Potter's life. So uh, it's just crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so she doesn't marry this guy, but she does eventually marry her old boss from she, the ministry. She does. Before I want to say that, there's this really heartbreaking quote uh, that she got to. I was hoping you would skip over it. No, it's we have to mention because we like the feels. But when she started teaching, there's this quote from Pottermore that says, "If she kept letters from Dougal McGregor, who's the guy who proposed her, and she said ended up saying no to, she goes um, from if she kept letters from." Dougal McGregor, locked in a box under her bed. This was, she told herself firmly, better than keeping her wand locked there. Oh. So she would rather put her love in a box than her magic. Now we can move on to who you're talking about as Elphistone Urquhart. I guess you. Urquhart. Yeah. Now you would say his last name. Who was her old boss at the ministry? Yes. So uh, she married him, and they ended up living in like this cute little college in college. College lols. (laughs) This small little cottage in Hogsmeade. Mm -hmm. So I guess like she was married while teaching, and her husband just lived in Hogsmeade in the meantime. Yes. Or maybe like. Oh, maybe that's where a lot of the teachers live in Hogsmeade. Maybe. So they don't live in the castle. They leave the castle and go live in Hogsmeade. And like some of them stay overnight. To I keep feel track like of that would, I feel like that would be recommended. And it's right across from the, the three, three broomsticks. broomsticks. So if it wasn't for <laughs> that prime real estate, they can get their drinks at the three broomsticks. Yes. So I think this is a thing. I think the teachers yeah. maybe do actually live in Hogsmeade. Yes. So uh, even the married ones. Yes. So even though uh, she was married, she did uh, keep her maiden name. Yes. <laughs> One. That's awesome. Yes. Two. Feminism. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that. Or er- er- court, court last er- name. Court. Anyway, no. I would take yeah. McGonagall over it any day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even with the like. Worst I don't know how people part with British their last poet. names. Like I know it's like a very personal thing. Like obviously you did it. I love my last name. I love my last name. I, I wouldn't okay. change my last name either. Fun fact, I didn't change my last name. Oh, like, like legally. legally, like on social media. And stuff. Yeah, I like socially I do reference myself as 
um, like with my husband's last name. Yeah. But in like all legal and even like business aspects, I still keep my last name. And it's to well, be honest, it's, 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 like it's a just pain in the butt it's, to pure, it's it. pure laziness. Yeah. I've refused to go to the Social Security yeah. office. Somebody at work is getting married and they were like going through the process. And it, I was like, it, <laughs> no. I'm never changing my last name. And then no. not only that, so like I work in a field in which um, I work with a lot of insurance companies because, mm-hmm. you know, America, we have private medical insurance and I have to go through a private credentialing process for each one and the process to get my name changed through every single insurance I work with. That's too much. I, it, no, it, no, that's a headache. No, thank yeah. you. Not yeah. happening. No, nah. I would have kept it too. I'd have been like, sorry, bro. Nah. Yes. So... I, I throw people off. People think I have two last names. <laughs> I wouldn't change my last name. I love my last name too much. Your your last name is perfect alliteration. You can never change it. Yeah. I don't know. And it's M-M. all- I would wait to see if I get like an upgrade. And if not, like I just stick with my last name. <laughs> nah. I like, it, I definitely have that like bond with my last name. And it obviously just- It's obviously just been just, my name my whole life. Yeah. So like and it, it sounds really nice, but it's also in the, the terms that like, I don't have a brother- there's no other siblings in my family. It's oh, just yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my last name would literally die with me if I don't have. So I just want to keep it. Like, yeah. So and I, it's also your, your, your connection to your dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like for me, it's a little personal. But I think it's also feminism, guys. We don't need to change our last names if we don't want to. Uh, but if you want to, that's also feminism. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can feel you, you do, whatever do whatever you want. you want. Don't be pressured by society's rules. Yeah. Okay, so back to Harry Potter. <laughs> Hashtag political themes. That's uh, next episode. So yes. So she was married for unfortunately only three years. What uh, happened? You didn't know what happened? No. Oh my I god! I didn't apparently get this far. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he he died from like a disease. What the heck? Yeah, accidentally too. Like I'm it wasn't sorry supposed for to happen. Your ears if I've hurt them, but I'm hurt in my feelings. Yeah, he he passed away, what? and like McGonagall was actually pretty happy with him, so it's pretty sad. Yes. Now I'm now I'm done. I would also like to mention. Wait, did he pass away before Harry's time or like after? Like I think it was before. 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 Oh my god. Yes. So we already knew her sad and widowed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I would also like to mention that her late husband. Would propose to her like several times, and it yeah. didn't take until like until Voldemort, right? Yeah, until after Voldemort, yeah. where she said she was like the right, actual bro. yes. All right, let's get married. Yeah. He wore it down. I feel like that would be me. <laughs> be like, no, no. no. All, right, All right, everybody's dying. Right. Let's get married. <laughs> <laughs> so to like. She ended up being happy, but it was only for three years. Can you imagine that? That's so sad. Ugh, this honestly just feels like my life. She deserved better. Feels like I'm reading like the future Aww. to my life because my life is sad. No, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> okay, next. Okay, so my next point, uh, I had to write the fairest bee with an itch I ever met. I. <laughs> I definitely have to say, as a teacher, she's a teacher I aspire to be. Be her, girl. I think I'm more of a Flitwick, probably, but oh, I... Oh, that's great, too. It's, yeah, great. They're both great in their ways, but I just, like, really aspire to be her because she was a perfect, like, balance of being a fair teacher, giving the student what they needed, but also being supportive yeah. and being there for that student's success. Yes, but I also wrote this with the intention of she's literally, like, super fair. Like, yes. she doesn't care oh. if you're in Gryffindor. If you did something wrong, she's taking away points. Yes. yes. And she's almost, like, 
harsher on her own students than she yeah, is on others. Exactly. Yeah. Tough love. I, I preach that, man. I it's also, important. I also think she's also um, very understanding of the students and their plight only because of this one, <laughs> one section in Chamber of Secrets. So she just found out that Harry and Ron, the geniuses that they are, mm-hmm. flew a car... <laughs> Into Hogwarts, got seen by seven muggles. Oh, Ronald Billius Weasley. And also damaged a whomping willow in the process and almost killed themselves. Yeah. Anyways. It's fine. It's whatever. So, uh, yes. Harry, in one of his earlier sassy moments, he sees that McGonagall is more mad than he has ever seen her. And he goes to her right before she doles out her punishment to them. And he says... Well, Professor, like, shouldn't I don't think it's fair that Gryffindor should have like points deducted because technically, when we flew the car, school hadn't even started yet. And then, the, oh my the, god, the, <laughs> oh my god, I'm like rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> JK, JK Rowling literally wrote that Harry could sense a smirk in McGonagall. Because let me tell you, that is one of the most smart responses. I know, it's the true. The smartest responses. And so, like, From she, the idiot kid. And to the point to break McGonagall. Yeah. She, like, she, he broke McGonagall's demeanor. And even she was like, ah, you're yeah, right, and this dude. kid's right. And so she, for this terrible thing that <laughs> could have gotten them expelled and could have broken the statute of secrecy, she gives them one detention each. <laughs> I, I just, I love her. Can't. It's so great. <laughs> I love her. I would also like to mention. So there's this quote. Yeah. So she goes, "Take charms," said Professor McGonagall, "and I shall drop Augusta a line reminding her that just because she failed her charms, owl, the subject is not necessarily worthless." This is after Neville was unsure whether or not to take charms, <laughs> and McGonagall was like. Hold up a second. Let me talk to your grandmother. We'll figure this thing out. She has no shame. She's a savage. She is a savage. Yes. Oh, my God. This woman, I love her so much. Next point. I just wrote Transfiguration Boss. Yes. She really is. She is. And just saying, guess who was her Transfiguration Professor? I I literally, that is what I try to convey in my two-worded bullet points. Dumbledore was her teacher. Dumbledore was her teacher, yo. I know, yo. Literally, like, it was her boss, and she is also a boss. boss. Yes. Yes. He helped her become her, like, animagus. Yeah. Which is, like, the most complicated thing I have ever read in my life. Mm -hmm. But also... Doesn't he have trouble, like, trying to recognize her in the first book? No. No, he didn't? No, he literally walks up. He's like, I should have known you'd be here, Minerva. Like, he knows right off the bat. Yeah. You're thinking of a meme that I told you about. Okay, maybe. Yeah, the, the, the I meme. I think so. The meme where he's just like walking around talking to cats. Like, are you Minerva? <laughs> yes. Are you Minerva? <laughs> yes. I was, I was like, so you helped her, you helped her with your animagus, but you can't figure out which one she, she is? He can, he can. No, he totally can. He knows which he one she is. Thank goodness. markings. Thank goodness. I'm sure that was his touch. Yes. Uh, but yeah, McGonagall, she's so? a baddie. Doesn't it just happen because, like, she just wears the glasses all the time? No, I, th- I think it's you get to choose what you look like. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
Good. I mean, do you think it's just a coincidence that Sirius Black's dog is a black shaggy dog? Like he could he he could have been a German Shepherd. He could have been a Shih Tzu. Like maybe it's just his essence became that shaggy black dog. I mean, that's what I yes. thought it was honestly. Like Rita Skeeter, really. I mean, I mean, she could have chosen to be a fly because it's smart. Because you know, fly on the wall. That, but that's exactly why she chose it. Or it's just her essence. Yeah, that's a gross essence. That is a super she's gross. A, she's I a would gross not be person. proud of that. She's a gross. Oh my being. god, a character I love to hate from the last episode that I completely forgot about. Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter for sure. Okay, well there you go, folks. <laughs> a little bonus. <laughs> a bonus of the bonus After. Jonas. <laughs> After like seventy-two hours, <laughs> it finally came to Elizabeth. Hey. All right. So uh, as far as transfiguration goes, like I'm always really curious about how that works. What do you mean? The magic of it. How am I turning like this toucan into a mug? Like how does this? Maybe they're manipulating the atoms. I get yeah. In the matter. Also like. Like what happens to the poor toucan? Is the toucan experiencing being a mug? Does it just. Are they aware? Like, does it. Are they aware? Like, does it just pause being a toucan, becomes an inanimate object, and then if it ever goes back to being a toucan, it just picks up where it left off? If it was a oh, mug for seven years, is this, did the toucan age seven years? I have questions. I have questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs> yes. So I just, I, you know, wow, I, to I never thought about this, and now I also yes. have questions. And yeah. then as an animal person, when you watch the movies, like, there's like lemurs in little cages and stuff like that. I'm like, why are these animals here? Like, what are we doing to them? So I, just, I have questions. And then you were using them in class to and transfiguring them exactly. into all these different things. Like, Do yeah. they feel pain? And then like, ex- thank you yeah, if, for if, thinking if, if of the kids, them. If the kids didn't transfigure them correctly, are they in pain? Exactly. And then also like when Scabbers turns into like the little oh, like teacup or whatever, bro. but it's still like rat looking. Like, was that more Scabbers than a cup? Or Peter Pettigrew? Like, no, that that's like Inception. That's Peter Pettigrew Scabbers cup. Yeah, whoa. You're welcome, people. Transfiguration nightmare. Maybe that's what happened. I'm asking the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know. We do need to know. All right. So uh, we've covered all our professors. Oh, my goodness. Allegedly. I would say, what do you guys think would it, would it be like being a professor in, a at mess. Hogwarts? A mess? Yeah. During Harry's time, a hot a mess. Hot, oh, hot for mess. sure. Any other time, probably chilling. Chilling? Yeah. Like, a, like a normal teacher job. You probably got like a sweet retirement plan. Yeah. Dumbledore's super chill. Like He doesn't care what you do. You could literally do the unforgivable <laughs> curses and like not go to jail. It'd be fine. But like you literally Harry don't go to jail like, until they find out that you're a death eater. Exactly. And then you and go to then jail. And they're like, oh, man, we got to take him back. Even though it's an unforgivable curse. Exactly. And it literally is Cannot unforgivable. It's a one-way ticket to Azkaban, and yet <laughs> you're doing it in the classroom. I don't know. And like, yet you're just, still like, the... <laughs> I don't... Like, I feel like it would just be a mess during Harry's time. Like, I feel like I would have been the teacher that'd be like, I don't want that kid in my class. He's always causing problems. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, I no. I need to pull that off. There's that Potter could you imagine, kid. Like, could you imagine being like, first of all, imagine being Lockhart if he wasn't an idiot. You literally just came to fill this post. The guy before you died. <laughs> <laughs> like, he literally just died. Bye. And P.S., the kid that killed him, you got to teach him this year. Wait, oh, my God. I forgot to mention this before for Flitwick. But... <laughs> Oh, God. Another reason why it's so he's so important, like 
Harry Potter literally defended himself with nothing but his hands when it came to like defeating Professor Quirrell and the Voldemort. But what he needed to know was all the skill sets in order to like bypass all those like um God, what they're called. It's too late in the night. Obstacles, yes, all the (laughs) obstacles that he had to face. So if it wasn't for like the Wingardium Leviosa charm, like flying skills, any of that. He wouldn't have done a good job. I don't know where my point okay, was well, going. Thank you for having that revelation. <laughs> but anyways, teaching there would be horrible. I would have written to the school board and been like, we got to get this crackpot old fool out of the headmaster. Teachers chair. are important. And I would say like teaching there. I was about to say that teaching there now would be chill. But technically now in the timeline, we're in the cursed child timeline. Um, like cursed child is occurring right now. And uh, th- but is it? I don't know. You know what? Listen, <laughs> it is canon. It's canon, but it's not to me. I, in your fictional mind, in sure. In my fictional mind, it's just not. But in it's re- canon. In not reality, Cursed Child is technically happening in right Hogwarts now. at this moment. So again, I would not like Didn't to teach it happen there. Like three years ago, isn't this already over? No, so no. Twenty seventeen. Cur- so, but it's technically still going on. I mean, yeah, still. Cur- cursed still Child in- spans multiple years. Yes, yeah, I understand that, but like, I'm over it. So. Moving on. <laughs> yes. So I wouldn't want to be a teacher now. Maybe a teacher like. I mean, it would still. It'd probably be better than Harry's years. Yeah. At least he was like, let me run away and go cause trouble elsewhere. True. And then before Harry's years, there were still like a bunch of other things like the Triwizard Tournaments. I mean, that wouldn't have been a problem for me as a teacher. Like, it just would have been like, oh, children might die this year. But yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, but, <laughs> but before Harry, it was endless years of Voldemort. Yeah. Then there was like slight peace. Oh my God. Like, and then literally? there was like any endless years of, of Grindelwald. Yes. There's like an 11 year gap where it would have been like nice to be at Hogwarts and that's it. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> oh man. I would have taught in that time. Yeah. And then Definitely. just left. I, I have a sabbatical. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't alive yet, but it's fine. Yeah. Harry Potter walks through the doors and be like, nah, bye. Bye. Deuces. Right, <laughs> this so ain't gonna end well. I think that's it for today's episode. I, I think, think we so did a too. sufficient enough job of covering this topic. Woo! Let us know what you loved. That's <laughs> it. Not what you didn't like or anything, just what you liked. <laughs> All right, so that's it for today's episode. Remember to go follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at the Three Broom Chicks. Oh my God, I just remembered. You can also follow us on the Twitter at the number Three Broom Chicks. And go like our Facebook page, the Three Broom Chicks. And remember to catch us next time. Our next episode. What is all about the history of magic and Hashtag political themes. Political, political themes. themes with a very special guest, at least in <gasps> my eyes. Whoa, who Whoa. is it? A surprise. Our resident historian, my husband, Raul. Raul, you guys finally get to meet Raul's voice, at least. <laughs> meet <laughs> Raul's voice. <laughs> Be blessed with his presence. Anyway, so these are our voices. Remember, we are the Three, Three Broom, Broom Chicks. Chicks. And Joe, we need those questions answered. <laughs>